How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 165. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers, joined this week by special guest, Cincy Wood of the Cincy Wood podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you, sir. It's fantastic to be here, and thank you for having me. Appreciate you stopping by. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you got going on? Uh, my name is Cincy Wood, and uh, actually my name's Brandon, but I go by Cincy because everybody misspells my name for some weird reason and yeah. mispronounces my name. Um, <laughs> I've been called Braden more times than I can count, so I was like, you know what, I'll just go by Cincy. It's, it's about 45 minutes away from me, so that'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. I, basically, I just run the Cincy Wood podcast right now. Um, it's it's just kind of a comedy interview style podcast. I just sit back and smoke and drink and hang out with whatever guest that I have. I actually just had on, if you watch the Legion of Skanks podcast at all, I just had on the annoying laugh guy from the background of all their episodes yesterday <laughs> because he's he's just such an interesting guy. I had to have him on and he's a great guy. Um, and in my past life, I was actually a dismantler for a auto salvage yard. And all of GM's cars nice. came to us. So I am the second person in the world to dismantle a C8 Corvette. Awesome. But yeah, that's Happy about all I got going on. Yeah. I did want to, you mentioned that, uh, the dismantling the C8 Corvette. What is it like dismantling car? Are you just, are you literally taking them apart piece by piece or just tearing them apart essentially? Um, so they would send us, uh, the yard that I worked at, I actually worked at two different yards and both different yards did it completely different ways. So I've seen both sides okay. of the process. The first yard that I worked at did it very cleanly and they had a contract with GM. So anytime the GM, um, if a car gets damaged in transport or gets damaged in production, they consider that a liability factor. So instead of, conti- instead of uh, fixing that car, they write that car off because it's worth writing off a couple grand to them. Uh, rather than the couple million dollar lawsuit, if that door falls off, that got dinged and they replaced or something, you know, some crazy thing happens, um, which uh, Lincoln ran into it in the early 2000s when their cars were when their cars were randomly burning and whatnot. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's basically just a liability factor that they take out by just it, removing cars from production that don't meet the standards. Um, mm-hmm. And the yard that I worked at, the cars would get drained. Then they would get inventoried by the, uh, by, it was actually the owner that was inventorying them at the time, but they would have a guy that inventoried them and decided what parts they wanted to pull off and what parts they wanted to send to the yard. Then the car would come to me and I would take the stack of, sometimes it was 12 tags if it was, if it was like a Sunfire or, you know, something crappy. And sometimes it would be 150 tags if it was a new, a new Corvette, a new Escalade, something like that. And... So when the when the tornado hit Louisville, all 106 Corvettes that were in production at Louisville got written off and got sent to us. Every single one of them got an X spray painted on the windshield and got sent to us, uh, whether they were at the end of production and just got dirt on the car or whether they were at the very, very beginning and didn't even have a motor or transmission. It was just a shell. Either way, they all got sent to us. So the second, uh, my brother-in-law was actually the one that uh, took apart the first one, and he basically laid the groundwork for me and was like, hey, it's basically like taking apart a Chevy Cruze. And I got the second one, and I think I had the second one taken apart in about four hours from it drove in when they drove it in, and they uh, they took the they took the fluids out, and they put it in with the loader in my bay, and it was done in about four hours. It's surprisingly easy to take apart a new Corvette. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I, I've uh, basically no mechanical experience. Uh, my extent is literally like swapping out headlights, you know, uh, changing an oil, changing the oil, 
replacing windshield wipers. Very basic <laughs> stuff. I get that. Uh, it's it's surprisingly it's way easier than you think, and most things mm-hmm. like most mechanical work can be done with the help of a YouTube video. Like I know yeah. people that run garages with the help of YouTube videos, and that's just how they run mm-hmm. their garage. A lot um, of it is just convenience sake. Like that's I, that's also know, very true. If you don't need to do it, yeah. If you don't need to do it, why bother? Just let somebody do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I'm really good at taking stuff apart, but I'm not very good at putting it back together most of the time. But so <laughs> so I was really good at dismantling. Oh, I forgot to mention the other yard that I worked at. Okay, so the first yard that I worked at was very clean and very civilized. The second one, mm-hmm. they brought the car to you. They would bring in whatever turd that they had, drop it at your feet, and say, <laughs> "Okay, cut every hose and drain it all on the ground." and mm-hmm. cut all the wiring i want the motor out of this i want the transmission out of this and i want you know this this or this out of it and they would tell me those four or five things they're just I would, taking those parts to reuse elsewhere essentially it, it, basically exactly and i would literally they would lift the thing up with the loader uh with the giant forklift thing and i would mm-hmm. pull out the four bolt i would pull out the motor mounts off the top pull out the four bolts for the subframe on the bottom and drop the motor on the ground so it was as dirty as you could possibly do it. It was it was a mess. I worked there for I think three days before I was like, okay, I'm done with this. This sucks. <laughs> it was just not like it was cool to be able to just cut everything, but it was so messy and disgusting all the time that it just wasn't worth the effort. And I think I made like nine dollars an hour. It was it was real sweet money. How did you get into like mechanic work in general? Is that something you um, always were interested in or not really? Honestly, I think it's my dad is a uh, my dad is a semi-professional race car driver. You can actually look him up on most platforms. Dean Vaughn. Um, he's mm-hmm. he's been building cars and racing cars since I was a kid. And on top of that, my entire family has been pretty mechanical. So I started out thinking I'm definitely going to go into something in the mechanical world, but I don't know where yet. And then I slowly just bounced around through the mechanical world. Um, I think I started out, let's see, I worked at a body shop and built hearses when I first started. So I was building hearses. Um, then I went and delivered pizzas for a while. So I was driving a car. Then I worked at a side-by-side shop and sold off-road parts for, for cars. Then I worked at a parts store selling parts for cars. Then I worked at a dismantling yard I've literally bounced around every part of cars that there is. Um, I worked at a glass menu at a glass manufacturer for cars. I've literally bounced around everything there is to do with cars. And I've kind of settled at the point now where I realize that they're fun and I like them, but I also just don't want to do it day to day. So it's definitely something that I want to keep as a hobby. So it's definitely like a family thing, but I don't know if I'm going to be the dude out building a race car like my dad does. I think I'm going to stick to sim driving because I can I can drive drunk whenever I want and hit the reset button. <laughs> yeah, the reset button is probably the most important part in that scenario. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I would yeah. never do it in a real car. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth any of the. It's not worth any of the trouble or the possibility factor of anything that you're going to do. But mm. if you have a sim rig in your living room, perhaps like I may or may not have because I'm a child. Um, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> so I transitioned. Uh, I transitioned from all of the mechanical world into sim driving, and I'm actually as dumb as it is because I don't tell anybody because it's the stupidest thing to tell people. I'm actually top ten in the world on Forza Motorsport. Um, 
so that's cool but who am i supposed to tell that to like who i don't really have an audience to to be like hey guys i'm good at video games that's cool right this is the worst place for that because i'm not good at video games so my audience knows i'm terrible (laughs) man i'm it's not even worth being good at because like i said it's the most useless thing to be good at it's it's the dumbest thing that i it's not like i'm good at call of duty or something that i could like stream and make money at or something cool no, I, I'm good at, I suck at Call of Duty. I'm good at uh, racing games. That's stupid. <laughs> but, yeah. oh well, it's something to do. Say, it's, uh, it's fun. When I was little, I had like a, I don't know where it came from. My parents must have got it at some point or something. I had a PlayStation 1 with like Need for Speed on it. And they had the racing wheel with the with the pedal. Oh, and man. I remember, I remember trying that out. And I was, I was like five or six maybe at the time. I was so, I had no idea how to drive or what anything did. So I just remember trying to play that game and just crashing constantly and being fed up with it. <laughs> Man, I'm going to send you the videos or I'll link. I'll send you the link on the nine year old that I was telling you about earlier. This kid is yeah. nine years old and I don't know when he started driving on the sim, but he started driving mm-hmm. on the sim when he was a child child. And the mm-hmm. videos that I've seen of him, he was literally banging doors with a car. He can drive better than I can by like times 10 on a set of Corsa mm-hmm. and on a sim and his dad built him a real car. So he's this, uh, this is his first season out and he's got a little FRS or something that he's going to be drifting this year. I'll have to link you his page cause he's awesome. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I just got fed up. I was like, I can't do this. I can't <laughs> figure out what to do. I'm going to go back to like Donkey Kong on the, the original <laughs> Nintendo that we had. <laughs> Man, we'll have to get you back on one. If you're ever out yeah. in Southern Ohio, I'll get you online and let you play around with it. You can do some fun shit for sure. Okay. I used to, I oh. used to go out in Ohio quite a bit. My my parents had uh, moved out there ten years ago, maybe now I think, and they've moved oh, no since then. But yeah, they they were like thirty minutes south of Cleveland, and uh, I can't remember. Okay, the that's about that's roughly two and a half hours from here, something like that. What'd you say? Uh, I think it was like Middlefield, Ohio, or something. I don't remember exactly. Um, <coughs> that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Middlefield. Uh, there's a middle town somewhere. Um, there's all kinds of random crap. Who knows? Um, but yeah, man, if you're ever out this way, I'll definitely have to get you on one or we'll have to get you hooked up with a wheel and an Xbox so that you can start. Uh, what, what, uh, platform do you play on currently? We have all of them here. My girlfriend, all of them. I I have the Xbox series X in the office. We have the PlayStation five out in the living room and we, the PlayStation five, we currently use for mainly like party style games and like co-op games. I get that. And I can both play. And then we have a we have well we have the Nintendo Switch hooked up to the TV out there as well, and then I have like one of the uh, Switch Lite, is that what it's called? One of the one of the ones that was just mobile only. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So you guys do have all of them. Okay, that's awesome. For yeah, for years we've had uh, like every single version of the consoles we got. I mean, I've had every PlayStation, every Xbox. Uh, Nintendo's the only one I've skipped on because some of them were just kind of like some of them were lame. I remember we got the, this is back when it came out. Originally, I bought the the original Nintendo Wii right when it launched. The Wii was kind of rad, man. The Wii was, I the saved Wii. up money for it. I don't even remember what year it was. I was still living with my my parents at home. Um, oh, 2012. Okay. Oh, no. What? What? This. I'm getting two different. It says Wii introduced November 8th, 2012. It was released on November 19th, 2006. <laughs> uh, no, that would have been the I Wii U that I think came out in 2012, probably. 
I guess, yeah. So 2006, okay. So I would have been in sixth grade at the time. Uh, but yeah, I saved up. I At the time, uh, what would I have been? I would have been 11 or 12, roughly. And uh, I used to work in a, like, God. All right, we have a guy, Klaus, that's on the show a lot. And he gets tired of me telling the story. But I used to work, short story here. I used to work at like a farm market picking strawberries in the summer. And so okay. I'd save up money that way. And I remember I saved a bunch of money. And then the the Wii came out, and I'm like getting that. And uh, I remember playing that like crazy. If we had like the, it came with, is it Wii Play or something? I forget what it was called. There's like a, like it's basically like mini games. Yeah, Wii Sports though. We we had that, but it was also like Wii Play, which had like little arcade games, like tanks and stuff like that. And I remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, yep, I know what you're talking about. That we had um, that. Yeah, Wii Sports. I played like crazy. I you had the tennis, you had the bowling. I think you had baseball. There was like golf. Yeah, like, this game yep. is so so good. They have like a new one for the Switch, and it's not as good. It's like ah, oh, that's disappointing, man. The Wii was the Wii was super. I'm not even gonna say it was slept on because the Wii was super popular. Yeah, but the Wii made a giant jump in consoles, and yeah, then too. like there, we still have a Wii that we bounce around the family because we have Guitar Hero for it, and everybody just wants to play the old Guitar Heroes, so it still gets bounced mm-hmm. around the family. Um. I don't know if the we had Wii that for... Is... Oh, it was called Weed Play. I was right. Oh, was it Weed Play? Okay. W-I-I Play, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and they... Um... Rock Band as well. I don't think it was the oh, last yeah. one, but Rock Band was always cool. Oh, yeah. And uh, have you tried playing the new the new uh, Guitar Hero on the new uh, on the new? Uh, I didn't consoles. even know they were still making them, to be honest. It's not the same, man. It's Guitar Hero Live now. I don't think they still even do anything with it anymore, but like all the DLC mm-hmm. sucks. The guitar is different, so it's not like the the red, green, and blue buttons anymore. Now it's yeah. uh, three buttons on top, three buttons on bottom. It's mm-hmm. it's just not the same, man. It's not Guitar Hero anymore. It's too close to we, Rock Band. We played like the this, shit like, out of Guitar Hero 3. That was when we had that's the oh, one, I think that's one that had Through the Fire and the Flames on it as well. Mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember beating that song and I was like, oh man, I'm good now. And I'm watching like other people play like really weird variations of like Guitar Hero to make it even more difficult. And I'm like, uh, oh, I, yeah, I'm man. I've always loved Guitar Hero, but I'm, man, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum from you on this one because I suck at Guitar Hero. <laughs> I can yeah. play like, I can play hard, I think, but I'm definitely not getting 100%. I, I did expert, and that's why I was so proud of it. I didn't get 100%. Yeah, that's crazy. Means, but yeah, I mean, I... <coughs> excuse me. I I don't know that it really helped, but I I was I played guitar when I was a kid, which helped me with, like, finger motions, I think. It, it, you know, I, I was think able that to does help a lot. Do that a little bit. Um, so you know, well, yeah, you kind of know the finger placements of where you're supposed there was, to be. Uh, there's another game that I was considering at one point where it comes with an actual guitar. I can't remember what it was called, though. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I do. Where it came with an actual it, guitar. It, that it literally like, teaches your, you how yeah. to play a guitar. I don't remember exactly what it was called, though. Um, Let me see if I can look Rock it up Smith. real quick here. It's called Rocksmith. Rocksmith. Yes. Yeah. And I kind of yeah, wanted that so that bad. Point. I actually just bought a guitar. I'm, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. Like at 27, I decided that I'm going to learn how to play guitar. So <laughs> it's I been like me. 15 years since I've played <clears throat> guitar. I, ha- I have, we have an electric bass guitar and then I have like a 
acoustic guitar in my closet behind me. I'm sure the they're completely out of tune. Haven't played yeah. in years. I don't even know how to tune a guitar. I, it came with a little like digital tuner and whatnot, but I have no mm-hmm. idea what I'm doing with any of it. I literally just got it this morning, and it was like twenty dollars off of a bid site that I play on all the time. There's an auction website that I'm addicted to, and um, it was like twenty dollars or something for an acoustic guitar. So I was like, ah, fuck it, why not? So now I have a blue acoustic guitar. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, electric guitar was a gift from my stepdad after he broke it. <laughs> oh it no. Pressed. What? Like, you can have it. I was like, thanks. And I'm walking out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like the, the jack is like pressed in, like it's popped out. I'm like, I'll have to take uh, this to someone to get it fixed. <laughs> man, there's there's these green and white Les Pauls that keep popping up on this website mm-hmm. that I'm dying for one so bad. But I don't know how to play guitar, nor do I have an amp or any of the chords. Like, what mm-hmm. would I do with this besides hanging on the wall? But damn, I want yeah. one so bad just to hang it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. Like, any, I don't know that I'd be bothered to, to spend a ton of time relearning it. I have them in there. Um, I've got a mandolin. I've got a didgeridoo. Um, what else do I, I think that was it? Um, I have a do ton of different instruments. Them? No, no, I don't. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I just, damn, this dude doesn't even play didgeridoo. He got bored of guitar. Yeah, we, uh, I, I have all of them because I found them interesting. And at some point, I'm like, Meh, maybe I'll learn. It's nice to have them. The didgeridoo was mainly a uh, a thing for when I was streaming on Twitch, where uh, we would anytime some I forget if it was like a donation goal or whatever, but I'd play the didgeridoo. I'd just blow into it, make a loud, obnoxious noise, and uh, people were loving it. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome yeah. oh yeah, man uh, there's yeah. one of these guitars actually right up the street from me i'm gonna see if i can send you a picture of it in the chat real quick while we're uh okay. while we're talking um but yeah i see and i'm kind of getting to that point in my life now where i i want to start collecting some of the some of the weird instruments and whatnot even though i know mm-hmm. i'm never gonna learn how to play them yeah it's for me, it's something like at some point I might learn to play some of them. Uh, okay, whenever you get a minute, check your Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it. I don't know. I just like the idea of, of having it. Oh, I see the guitar. Nice, green. That looks pretty cool. I just want to hang one on my wall. I don't even. I <laughs> I, I got outbid on it all the way up to like 150 bucks. So I don't think I'm going to bid on it anymore. But right. I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have an addiction to spending money on auction websites. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I I mean, one, I don't have any more space on my wall to put it. I have so much of like our our artwork that we have for like our brand and everything, posters that were made. Uh, I have a lot of, well, a good portion of the wall is just soundproofing tiles. I have like our custom jerseys and stuff up on the wall, like our merchandise. And then the rest of it's like bookshelves. <laughs> I get that, man. That's I need a lot more bookshelves on my wall. My currently, I have just random stacks of crap all over my floors because I need to buy bookshelves <laughs> and I'm just too lazy to buy them. So we don't have any room for bookshelves. It's our problem. Like we have a it, out in the living room, but we have like a couple of the shelves out there where the books are. I took the books off, and then I put like a handful of other books facing like horizontally, like perpendicular, so they're on the back wall of the bookshelf, and then I slide the books back in to cover them up. So they're all on the shelves, but they're like doubled up almost because uh, we just didn't have any that. more room for, for shelves. I get that. 
and I once you and I mean once you start getting into it and you and you actually start decorating it, you realize how quickly a no matter how big of a space you have can be turned into a very small space very quickly. Yeah, like yeah. My, when we move, we're probably gonna have like an actual like library in the house or something because we have. I mean, I have all of my books here. My girlfriend has a, a good amount of hers, but like, I don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands, of books she still has at like her mom's house. Like it's oh, just there's, we have so many of them, um, so it's like we'll probably have like a small little library or something, or I'll figure something out. I don't know, but we don't have room for everything here. <laughs> but even then, like I said, like I have uh, out in the the like storage room and stuff, I have like a uh, an old school uh, snowboard up on the wall as well, uh, like one of the ones where it has like the split back end, you know, from like the eighties. I have one of those up on the wall. It was given to me as a gift when I was like, I don't know, 13, maybe 12 or 13. And it, uh, uh, the, the brackets for it to put your, you know, your feet into and latch them in. They were plastic. And so they were just broken because they were so old. And then yeah. we went to get new ones uh, put in and we took it to a, a shop and, uh, they're like, Oh, this is so old. We don't like, you won't be able to find, you know, harnesses for this at all. Um, this is really oh. cool though. You should definitely hold on to this. And I was like, okay. So I, I literally put it up on the wall. Uh, yeah. Like a decoration. I have a, an old, uh, shamisen, which is like a Japanese sort of like banjo sort of thing. Uh, it's like a guitar. Uh, I've got okay. that up on the wall over. In I was going to say, I can kind of picture it, but I didn't know what you meant until you said Japanese guitar. So I, I, um, I want to say like round, round, smaller, like banjo style, right? Sort of, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep, yep. I know exactly just, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I never I, knew the name for it. Though. That was another thing I tried to play on stream a little bit, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. do you know how to play that one? No, that one only has oh. uh, three strings on it, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, three or four. I'm pretty sure it's three. So it seems like it'd be less complicated, but no, I just never. I, part of it is just I don't have time to learn a lot of stuff. Like I, if I. What'll happen is I'll invest a couple of hours into learning it. And then I'll go like a week, a week and a half without being able to spend time focusing on it. And then I'll I'll be like, all right, well, I gotta start from scratch because I forget now. And it's just yeah, like a, you get back you know, to it. one of those cycles. Uh, yep, yeah, completely understandable. So what uh, so what takes up most of your time, man? Is it like is it podcast taking up most of your time or do you have do you have like a day job that you do I mean, also? I've, what's what's up? A full time job, which I I think I mentioned it right I don't know if I mentioned it on the show or right before the show when we were talking. Uh, um, I have a full-time job of marketing that I'm actually changing. I, I'm starting a new job February uh, 1st, which by the time the episode comes out, I'll have been working there for like a month. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm switching from like market, a marketing position for like a bigger company to, you know, from sales point of view to I'm literally just doing like the digital marketing for one company where I'm handling all of like their advertising and their social media channels, like their website designs and stuff. Uh, so I'm gonna be doing that. So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, yeah like right awesome. now, currently my, what takes up a lot of my time is one, my job. Cause it's like 55 hours a week, roughly. Um, and then I do the podcast, which we'll say an hour of recording time every week, but then it takes another hour and a half, two hours to edit, you know, and then I'm, I'm reaching out to people, you know, I have my girlfriend, my dog making, you know, spending time yeah. with them dinner or whatever. Uh, yeah, you're a busy dude. But then I, I take care of like a family member who's in like recovery. Uh, so I'm over there, you know, dealing with that a lot. And then, uh, yeah, 
it's it's just busy. <laughs> I completely understand that. Yeah, you're a busy dude. Holy crap. Man, I'm over here thinking that I started a podcast, and I'm like, man, I'm so tired. I'm going to take me a nap in the middle of the day. I started a podcast. (laughs) That's the thing, too. Like, I I consider a lot of the work with the brand is, like, behind the scenes. Like, I do a lot of work with, like, people that do on Reddit. There's, like, YouTube startups, small YouTube channels, uh, small podcasts. There's, like, stuff like that. Uh, I'm reaching out to a lot of these people saying, like, hey, I, you know, I work in marketing. Uh, I can get you started for free. I I like reaching out and working with people because I... I very much have that like creative drive where I just like to be working on stuff, creating things. Uh-huh. And uh, so like I work, I do a lot of work with people like helping them, you know, get their websites up and running and you know, it, they're paying for like all of the, the website and all that, but I'm not charging them for like my working on it. If that makes sense. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your expertise. I'm, I'm just there is... as like supporting them essentially where it's like, here's how yeah. you can do this. This is my recommendation. I can put you in contact with like artists for, if you need that. For anything like logos or whatever you need it for um this is like a video editor you know uh, you can contact them if you want stuff like that i'm just trying to get people set up and get the ball rolling because i enjoy doing that man i'm absolutely gonna have to hit you up off uh, off podcast for a couple things because there's absolutely some help that i need and some things that i'm gonna need also that uh <laughs> that i believe you could help me with really well because i'm definitely still on the startup phase like i'm doing okay mm-hmm. starting out but there's always room for improvement and i don't have that marketing mindset so i don't know i don't know what the hell i'm doing i'm just walking into a minefield man yeah and i no, i'm definitely (laughs) on the chat for the show also for anyone listening uh last week's guest we had uh carl on the show carl swinopal uh he had a a company called revelancer so it puts businesses in touch with uh freelancers for website design graphics anything that be done remotely essentially uh you can hire a freelancer for that website can't recommend that enough yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, I I haven't I haven't had a chance to use it personally yet because I just talked to him earlier in the week, uh, so it's been uh, it's been busy. But yeah, it's I mean just even talking to him and looking over his thing at you know the website and everything, it seems super useful for any business looking for you know freelance work or freelancers looking to get in touch with businesses and get their names out. So and and out as I grow, I'll definitely be looking for that as well. Yeah, like sorry, I, I completely yeah, cut you the, off. No, it's okay. That's the thing too, is like for startup, like people who treat it as a hobby, but are looking to grow it. It, the difficult part I think is one learning how to actually like market yourself and grow it, but then also figuring out like what kind of investment to put into it. Not necessarily just monetary, but like time investment and things like that. You know, it's, yeah, it's hard to transition from a hobby to quote unquote career, you know? Yeah. And see, I, uh, I actually had a full-time job that I was working right before I decided to start the podcast. And then I took my shirt off and quit my job. Like literally took my shirt off, handed it to the manager at work and was like, Hey, so yeah, I quit. And so I quit and then decided, you know what? Now's as good a time as any. I've wanted to go towards comedy and go towards starting a podcast my entire life. Anyway, I, if I would have stuck with, when I was getting a couple hundred views a piece on my YouTube channel in 2012, if I would have stuck yeah. with it, I wouldn't have to have a real job as it was. And on, and yeah, that was a mistake I made too back in the that, day. I was exactly, getting like dude. tens of thousands of views per video back in like 2008. Yeah. And if you, you know, at stuck the time, with I'm it, like, at the time, nothing. I was like exactly. 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. Exactly. Same. And, uh, I was, was like 15. It was one of those things where I just got out of it, got out of habit. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
yep, just grew out of it and went went to something else. Didn't think nothing of it. Whereas it realistically, you get a transition, dude. And that hindsight comes up to me yeah. every single day and kicks me in the ass <laughs> and says, "Hey, man, do something with this. You've been wanting to your entire life. You have got." Yeah nothing going for you other than the fact that you're kind of funny sometimes just do it <laughs> like, that's the thing like i i don't i try not to pry in people's business but like for my case in particular like obviously i'd like to be self-employed like completely self-employed uh but you know i've i ha- i have to walk that fine line of like all right i have the responsibility to take care of myself obviously but you know i have my girlfriend you know my dog like i have people that rely on me uh-huh. you know for you know me being there one uh, so I can't just have like all of my time invested in something else. Uh, I need to make sure I have time to take care of the people around me, but also the financial See, side of it too. I am in a, I am in a very fortunate financial standpoint right now where, uh, mm-hmm. for the longest time I was, I was the, the breadwinner, so to speak. And I was making, you know, I was making good money at my job. So I was paying all the bills. I was doing everything. Mm-hmm. We still had money to play, but now we've switched and my wife has gotten two fantastic promotions in the last year and mm. is kicking ass at her job. And yeah. we are we're in a financial position now where I don't really have to have a job. I can focus on this full time. So mm. it's it's kind of it's it's kind of a mix between a hobby and full time because it's something that I love so much that I want to keep putting the time into it. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm. I, I, like I said, I just quit my job because it was just a part, it it was, it was part-time full-time, but I was working full-time hours. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that, (laughs) okay. So I'll have to explain this to you and it's going to sound really crazy because it's kind of stupid. So (laughs) I ordered, I, I was supposed to start at four 30 and I ordered cheesy bread when I started and they weren't busy when I started. I worked at a pizza place. I was a pizza delivery driver. And I ordered pizza. I ordered cheesy bread when I started. They weren't busy. No big deal. Took a delivery, came back, still no cheesy bread. We started getting a little bit busier. Took another delivery, asked about my cheesy bread. No, nothing. Took another delivery, (laughs) came back, still no goddamn cheesy bread. And I'm like, okay, now we're actually busy. Now what's up? Where's my cheesy bread, dude? I'm hungry. I'm driving. What's the deal? So I go over to the one manager and I'm like, hey, man, the one that's actually making the pizzas and making the cheesy breads Mm -hmm. and shit. And I'm like, dude. So what's the deal here? What's, uh, am I going to get my stuff? He's like, you'll get it when we're not so busy. Sorry. I was like, okay, well, if you would have made it 35 minutes ago when we weren't so busy, then it wouldn't have been that big of a problem, but okay, cool. So I walked away, left it like it was, walked back to the driver's area and was hanging out. And then another manager walks over and starts chirping at me. And she's like, so ordering times are typically between this and uh, typically between uh, before four o'clock or after eight o'clock and i was like yeah nobody told me that i've been here two weeks and on top of that um i started at 4 30 how am i supposed to order my food before four like we weren't busy it wasn't a big deal they shouldn't have taken my order if it was going to be a problem um and then she was like okay well if it's going to be a problem then it's just going to be a problem and i was like okay well it's kind of a problem and she reiterated again. And then at this point, I was already unbuttoning and untucking my shirt. And she was like, okay, well, if it's going to be a problem, it's going to be a problem. So I took my hat off, set it on the table, took my shirt off, handed it to her and said, okay, now it's a fucking problem. And then I walked out. <laughs> and then I remembered that I had to get my cheesy bread money back. So I fucking put my jacket on, walked back in and was like, I, I need the $4 back for my cheesy bread. Fuck you guys. I would, I went, I would oh. bit that bullet and be like, nah. <laughs> Dude, I should have. I should have. I don't need it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like at home, like cold, hungry, but like at least I told him. 
<laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have. Uh, yeah, I should have just been like, uh, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm done. I quit and handed him the shirt and walked out. But then I remembered and was like, fuck. So I either want my cheesy bread or my money back. God damn it. Now I'm a paying customer. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of screwed yeah. myself on that, but I also didn't care about the job. So, um, so I did that and then realized that I have a real bad tendency of my life is a comedy of errors. Like everything that I do is just me making the exact wrong decision all the time. So why not parlay that into something, something that might help me and rather than my life just being a comedy of errors on its own, I might as well have a group that can come with me. <laughs> yeah. It, um, I, I was going to say like, I, I, I only have one experience where I like, quit on the spot for my jobs and it was uh i was working at a university actually and uh my boss was just such an absolute pain in the ass where it's like yeah we need you to work like there was a time where i was working between january and uh i guess it was like beginning of march so it was like just over two months and like yeah we're gonna need you to work like 30 extra hours every week i was like jesus christ i was making extra a bunch of extra money so i was happy with that but I was like, this is absurd. And then they would complain to me afterwards. Like, yeah, we just, we feel like not enough's getting done. And I'm like, you need to understand, like when I started, there were five people here. I'm the only person here now. Like you can't expect me to do the work of five people. Like, it's yeah, just not man, feasible. I'm trying. And uh, they're like, yeah, well, you know what? We just, I don't know what the problem is. And you know, we, we need you to, you know, pick up the slack. I'm like, you're going to have to pick up the slack on your own because this is ridiculous. And I left. <laughs> like, okay so like it's insane like like what do you what is the thought like how are you so bad at managing where it's like oh yeah one person could do the work of five people in you know like the same amount of time it's like this just isn't it's not how this is gonna work yeah exactly and that's how that man that's how a lot of business or businesses are running right now because of covid and everything yeah. uh, that's how the last place that i left before i worked at the pizza place that's exactly how they were. They were in desperate need of people. They hired me. I was doing good. I was keeping everything up to date and everything in stock and everything. And then they were like, hey, so this still isn't getting done. And I was like, hey, so I'm here from 2 to 10. There is other people here from 4 a.m. till 2 p.m. that are supposed to be doing all this shit for me to do for me to help with to begin with. I can't just do mm -hmm. their job and my job. That's not how this works. They were like, well, yeah. I don't know, man. You just got to do it. And I was like, well, I don't know, man. You're just going to have to find somebody to do it. I've said for years, I feel like so many people in management positions are just there because they were the only people left available. That's exactly it's like, what it is. Like, think, think of like a grocery store where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you've been here longer than everyone else. The previous manager quit. I guess you're in charge now. You're the longest mm -hmm. tenured person. It's like, does this person have any qualifications that make them fit to be a manager? <laughs> I mean, I don't like to get too political, but look at the politics landscape. Yeah. There are a lot of old heads in the politics landscape that are just there because they were the only person to do their job, and now they're still the only person to do it because nobody else has stepped in. It's yeah. it's kind of the same all around the board, is that somebody just gets walked into that position because it's easy at the time, and mm -hmm. then they're just power hungry and get used to that power, even though they don't. they never had the intelligence to back it up. So yeah. all they do is hold on to that power and they use that as their intelligence when that's not how that works. It's supposed to be the intelligence equals power 
equals mm -hmm. equals making decisions intelligently, right. powerful in, in decisions intelligently. Instead, they're mm -hmm. making powerful decisions based on their whim of they're not feeling right that day. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, mm -hmm. that's how a lot of places are run now. That, that's literally what happened to me when I was in high school is uh, right as I was finishing high school, I was working at a grocery store and the guy, the guy that was supposed to work that evening to cover like the late night shift, he was a manager, just quit. He had a, a bit of some, some beef going on with the, the actual like store manager. Rightfully so. He was in the right. Uh, but he got fed up and he's like, All right, I'm done. He gave me his key and he's like, I, I quit. I'll see you later. I'm like, oh, okay. And my manager came in like a little bit later. I'm like, yeah, he, the, the guy quit. I have his key. I don't know what you want me to do. And he's like, all right, well, I guess you're, uh, you're in charge now. I'm like, what? He's like, yes. yeah, uh, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to walk you through how to do like the end of day reports. Uh, here's how you close up. This is the code for the door. Uh, this is, you know, the, this is how everything goes. Uh, I'll let you go home for now and come back around like, uh, five 30. I'm like, Oh, okay. And uh, yep. that's what I did. I went home, uh, went back in a little bit later closed up the shop i was in charge of all the other high school kids who were like year below me <laughs> yeah uh, that's it was bizarre that's exactly how it was at that gas station that i was just talking about i walked in and they were like hey so we're trying to get rid of this guy so you're gonna learn how to close and i was like oh okay cool moving on <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah. like i i've i've never i don't like being in a management position uh at least in like in some instances like like that i was just like this is kind of weird i don't you know i'm 19 now it's like i don't know what to to do in this scenario and then like even in future positions like when i was at the university i'm just like pushed into that position because they had no one else mm -hmm. and it's like all right we got these people coming in uh you're in charge i'm like i don't yeah, it's oh, different it when you feel like you're ready to move up to a management position rather than yeah. when you're shoved into that position and you're just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to do this now. Cool. Mm -hmm. I think it's because the quote unquote product is not something like I'm in charge of, if that makes sense. Where it's like, like if I were to take like Dead Just Productions and make it to like, yeah, we have a full-time video editor, we have a full-time podcast editor or whatever, full-time marketing person, I could manage that easily i believe i wouldn't have a problem well i wouldn't have a problem with it i'm we might have some issues at first you know because i've never done like a full-time management bumps. position of my own business yeah but i don't think i'd be like concerned about it because i'd be like all right i know what my vision for this is this is something that like i've built from the ground up i'm super familiar with all of it and it's something that i'm responsible for as a whole i don't think i'd have a problem managing people in that regard but it's when it's like like at the university for example it's like I'm just an employee here as well. It's like, I don't know exactly. why I'm managing people. You're given this title, <laughs> but this title also means nothing because just as quickly, the people yeah. from the top will come down and just swoop and chop your head off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. when you're building something, when you're actually in charge of something that you are the creator of, or you actually have mm -hmm. some say over, it's a whole different thing because then you're actually a part of it. You're, it's a living, breathing thing and you're a part of that organism. Yeah. I completely understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, we've had we had a couple of editors working with us uh, for a little bit, and uh, it was one of those scenarios, like I said, where it's like I we're we're not at the point where I can just hire people full time. Obviously, we're just a small podcast, small brand. Uh, so I'm like, hey, I'll just hire you. I'll just pay you 
you know, for every video you can put out for me, I'll send you the clips that want edited down. He's like, cool. And he just stopped doing it, didn't get back to me. And in my mind, I was just like, you know what? I'm not in a position where I care enough to really not harass this, but, but like really go after them and try and get them back. Like, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I'll do something else for the time being. Yeah, exactly. If you, to an extent, if somebody wants to be there, they'll be there. If they're showing you that they don't, they're showing you exactly mm-hmm. what, yeah. So it just kind of is what it is. Yeah, I completely understand that. And and you're, you're also right there in the position that you're talking about where you're kind of deciding, yeah, I just don't want to deal with this person mm-hmm. anymore. I'm just not going to bother. It, 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 is, it is weird. Like it's a position of, I need to put a value on what my time means to me with regard to, you know, each particular thing I'm invested in, whether it be the video or the podcast or whatever. And at that point in time, I was like, our YouTube is just a whatever thing right now. I don't, we don't put a lot of content up on it. It's not something I'm focused on. If we're not uploading, it's fine. It's no big loss. I get that. Ow, hot, hot. Ow, fire. Sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, this is the first guest we've ever had burned alive on the show. This is exciting. Dude, I have a bad tendency of when I go to put my blunts out, I'll accidentally burn myself with the tip of the blunt, and yep, I have a little fucking <laughs> black spot on the end of my finger now. Damn it. Whoops. Moving on. That being said, we have had a live uh, car accident on the show. That was exciting. That Jesus. Within uh, the last, like... 12 episodes or something i forget which episode number it was but uh Klaus was uh uh driving on he was in the car on he had like his laptop with him and he's just talking and uh he's like in the middle of talking he's like holy shit those cars just slammed into each other he's like reacting to it <laughs> just, we're just sitting there on the other end like oh oh damn he's like oh man should we go back i'm like that would be hilarious to interview someone <laughs> right after a car accident on a podcast i'm like sir such a missed opportunity I know you're fucked up right now, but Dead Just Productions would like to know, how do you feel? <laughs> you get someone in that scenario and ask them a really complicated question. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the political, you know, you know, the political going on in the America right now? Oh, oh dude. God, I can't feel my legs. Yes, but I, that aside, what are your thoughts on like our election cycles? And it's just like, <laughs> Sir, you've got to push through the pain. Answer my questions. Me <laughs> Sir, you're being a real... You know, you're being really selfish about this. I'm just trying to get an interview in. And Sir, I know I just pulled you out of this. Building. I know I just pulled you out of this burning car and all, but uh, do you have a few moments to answer a few questions? Oh, so man. tell me, what were you oh. thinking exactly the moment that you ran that red light and smashed into that car? Like, I don't know, my fucking head's bleeding. <laughs> I, you have no idea how much I would love to do like live shows in that regard, where we're out on the street interviewing people. Oh, that'd be the, fantastic. I would the love technical to do that. aspects of it would be a pain in the ass for us, especially the podcast format where it's like I my, my thought process is we have one or two people sitting down like like we are now talking and we have the, whoever the other person is just out and about in the field, so to speak, running up to people and, and talking. Yeah, that would be yeah. so entertaining. That would be so good, man. That really makes me want to I can't interview do that a couple. Here of I would the, absolutely get attacked. <laughs> we've got a we've got a couple town crackheads that that really makes me want to interview just to get their stories. But I also don't know how that. I like I might get attacked during that interview. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like around here, there are so many people who are just like the. They're the very much those people you would see at like a capital, you know, with fully decked out in military gear with their guns oh, and yeah. stuff, like. 
that's who I'm surrounded by. It's Amish people and gun nuts. Oh yeah, same. And I, I same exactly. When I say gun nuts, I don't mean people who are, you know just appreciate having firearms or whatever. I mean like actual gun nuts. It's oh yeah, it's a bit terrifying. <laughs> are you in the Are you in an area where it's like so white that white people are racist against other white people? Like depending on who you voted for Someone. is is yeah. is it's like yeah. a line in the middle and you it is it is literally everyone here they have political signs up all the oh, yeah. time They're oh yeah thinking, uh let's you know, go brandon they, or yeah yeah, it, it's yeah. that you know there are flags hanging off the trucks nearby. yep yeah I was gonna say, they have, <laughs> have literally have like they have like a dozen flags on the back i'm like i don't even know where you're getting all these from or how you're fitting them on your truck dude my uh where i live is the exact same way yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's the exact yeah, same way. You're like, dude, why did you spend six hundred dollars on Trump flags for that, this? What are you doing? That that was the thing I brought up. My uh my girlfriend's mom lives in like a like a small little like neighborhood and uh her neighbor bought I don't want to exaggerate, but it was literally like between twenty and twenty five yard signs. It was like little yard signs, you know, people put in for the elections. I'm like, I don't understand mm-hmm. the point. Like well, if you want to put out one or two yard signs, fine. You know, you're you're Telling people who you're voting for, which I still don't understand because all you're that doesn't help anyone. All you're doing is alienating yourself from your neighbors. Yeah. But to buy like twenty to twenty five of them, like, why? Like it it just makes your yard look like crap. It like people driving by are like, this person's crazy. It's like, well, and do you really it, think all these signs are made in the USA? Like, no, let's be yeah, honest exactly. here. <laughs> let's be honest here. You're kind of being ironic with your statement when none of yeah. your signs were actually made in the USA. <laughs> I just don't get like, like I said, like one or two is fine. Like, oh, I'm voting for this person for president, this person yeah. for like local office. But it's literally like 20, her whole, she had like a, you know, the sidewalk leading up through like a garden area to the front door. And the entire sidewalk is lined with these signs. Her whole front yard, like where it goes Jesus along the road Christ. is lined with these signs. I'm like, what is, what is your thought process? Like, it, I just, I literally don't understand it. Like, I don't understand what you think the point of this is like <laughs> excuse me ma'am so i know your mind anymore. is a car crash but can i interview you yeah. for a couple questions <laughs> like i literally don't understand like you know this doesn't help your candidate win like i don't get the point of, like i don't know how much those cost but i'm sure they're not like right. they're like six or ten bucks a piece okay yeah i mean we'll we'll just say two hundred dollars even then I'm th- I think it's being generous on the total cost. Yeah. So like $200 to trash your yard and alienate your neighbors. What is the point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When exactly. If you put one out, you're like, okay, I'm voting for this person. Cool. Okay. Moving on. Whatever. No big deal. Yeah. But then you've yeah. got like- fucking 16 of them and three bumper stickers on each car and uh, yeah. fuck Biden flag on top of them. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? What is, what is the point you're trying just- to get across here? I think if you put out one yard sign, your neighbors would be like, ah, oh, that's, you know, whether or not they agree with it, it's like, oh, whatever, you know, that's who they're voting for. But when you put out like 20 of them, to me, that's like people are driving by going, oh, I don't really want to talk to that person because they are obsessed with their candidate. Exactly. Okay. This is drunk and high me thinking here. Okay. I might have a different, I'm going to, I'm going to try to come at it from a different view. You ready? Okay. okay. So I think these people, they might, they might have the thought process that all they do, most of these people, all they do all day is watch the news and they feel so attacked and alienated by the news. They don't have the outlet with the internet like a lot of the young kids do. So, or they don't turn to the internet. Referring to oh, shit. Okay. Well, people these in general. These people are literally in like their mid to late 20s. Excuse me, mid to late they, 20s. 
they feel so alienated and, and attacked by everything that they're seeing on the news that they're not looking at the actual reality of what's going on. So all they see is this. So they think, okay, I'm going to put this out because this is my statement to go back against this. When in reality, yeah. you're just screaming into the void and looking like a retard. <laughs> No, I, I actually, I totally get what you're saying. Like, it, it, I do view it as like, hey, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm being alienated by like the news. I and think like that's what it is. The enemy, so to speak. Yeah. I think that's what it is. They it, feel so attacked weird. by the other side. They they watch nothing but the news so that they think that the other side is attacking them when nobody's attacking anybody. Like everybody right now yeah. is, especially through COVID and everything, no sides are attacking anybody. Like everybody's just trying to get by and get through. Nobody's trying to do any crazy mm-hmm. shit. There are still the, the extremists, obviously there always are, but mm-hmm. everybody kind of has the, Hey, I just want to get through this and feel some, some love, but there's still some political boundaries that people just keep putting up sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. similar to me. Cause like I, it, I, in no scenario am I ever going to put like a yard sign out. I'm never going to put like a, a flag on my car. I mean, it wouldn't work anyway. It would look hilarious. I have a Hyundai Kona. It would look hilarious if I had flags stuck on the back of it. <laughs> Dude, the amount of Trump flags that you see on fucking Hyundais and shit and, uh, and fucking yeah. Hondas and everything around here. Most people drive trucks around here, which is which makes my car stand out enough as is. I'm surprised. Flags on it would absolutely be funny. I'm surprised more than one loud truck hasn't driven by during this podcast. If it was a normal weekday, you would have heard 14 trucks drive by by now. I actually live yeah. right by this, right down the street from a concrete plant. So there's semis and <laughs> shit driving by all the time. <laughs> yeah, but like the number of like vehicles I see with like they're literally painting their vehicles with like like there's not even their windows like they're putting actual paint, ruining their their coat on their vehicles. I say vehicles. It's all trucks. I don't know why. <laughs> it's all trucks. But like, Let's be honest. They're literally putting like you know, you know, fuck Biden or whatever, like Trump, and I'm like. What is your thought? Like, why are you ruining your vehicle for this? <laughs> exactly. What are you going to do in 10 years? Are you, is this, is this like, your long-term political landscape? Let's be honest here. Yeah, It's so bizarre. I, I can't imagine caring about a, a politician enough to put any of their content on like any of my vehicles in my yard or any, like, I don't care. Man, <laughs> no, like I'm a comedy, I'm a comedy guy. Not uh, gurus, the not not the right word. Uh, giant yeah. comedy fan. I'm a dork when it comes to comedy, but I don't even see none of the comedians that come to town when they oh, come to town. Yeah, like you think, yeah. like I, like I said, I don't even decorate for Halloween. You think I'm gonna bother doing all this? Like, yeah, who cares? There's nobody I care enough. Not even myself. If I had giant posters myself, I would not be putting them, like where people could see it. No, I, exactly. I don't care. I just don't care. I don't understand making a politician, your whole identity. It doesn't make sense to me. No, nope, yeah. none of these people will fuck about me anyway. Like, why would I, why would I sacrifice the relationships I have with friends and family over somebody who doesn't, who actively doesn't give a fuck about me? They, yeah. They and none of them do. Not care less <laughs> if I, something happens to me. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, and it's bizarre. Exactly. I, I'd much rather put stake into the things that actually matter and the family around me and things like that. And, Man, it's everybody votes whatever way they're going to vote. I don't hate anybody for their voting platform, obviously, but Mm -hmm. just leave it be. Sign the paper and leave it be. 
it, there's no reason that it has to be you sign the paper and then your entire life is supported around you sign this paper this one time for this yeah. one candidate for this one year or these four years. Who gives a shit, dude? Yeah. Like, like people don't I've, even put that much stock into the TVs that they buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, like I, there are things like I disagree with like family members on like politically, but it's like, we just don't talk about it because why would we? It doesn't exactly. fucking matter. It doesn't, it's, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. So we just don't talk about it. Exactly. My fine. mom, get along fine. my yeah. mom thinks weed is the devil's lettuce, but I smoke weed. Mm-hmm. So we just don't talk about it all that much. Yeah. It's, it's not, there's no hatred. There is no, she thinks I'm a piece of shit. Like my sister's on heroin. If she really wants to talk all that much shit, she can talk shit to her. Cause I'm on weed. She's on heroin. I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. But that's all. That's a whole different story. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like, if if your views don't line up, that's no reason that you can't still enjoy somebody as a person. Yeah, exactly. But like, there are way too many people. So personally, which is bizarre to me. Exactly. When it's not, it's I not really supposed funny. to be There's a personal. A it was. It's never meant to be a personal. It's. It's. It was never meant to be a personal thing. You're voting for this one dude that's going to lead over everything he's not changing a whole bunch of shit he's not doing anything he's just the leader over everything like realistically they don't even have all that much fucking power they're just a figurehead that everybody blames everything on which is exactly what you're playing into (laughs) but fuck it what do i know (laughs) like this outrage should be directed towards like these major companies that are actively fucking you over not these random figureheads and family members and whatever it's like it is bizarre to me. Yeah, it, I just, I don't know. It's bizarre to me. If you've got family out there that you disagree with politically, all audience, I'm talking to you now. Just sit down and chat about anything else. It's just not healthy and it's not worthwhile arguing with family members. It's not. Your You're not going to get anywhere. Enjoy what you guys have in common, but just mm-hmm. ignore the political views because it's not worth yeah. It's not worth the the heartache and you're not going to change somebody else's views. Think of your views on something and how you see it. Your views aren't going to change yeah, the that correct easily. Way. I get what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Your views aren't exactly the correct way. You're not going to, your views aren't going to change very easily to somebody else. My telling views you something. are always right. Clearly. Exactly. Well, and that's what I like to think too. And that's what, and that's what it's, it's taken me more longer and longer to realize is that. <laughs> Everybody thinks that exact same way. I, I should start doing that. Anytime I get into a disagreement with a family member on any audi- on like any point, I should be like, "Which of us has a bigger audience?" Yeah, that's right. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> dude. Do it. Yeah, fucking do mom, it. you shut your mouth. You Look, know mom, right. I have people <laughs> on Facebook. Okay, how many friends do you have on Facebook, mom? Like twelve. Calm down. No, no, my mom probably has more <laughs> friends on Facebook. Than I don't even use Facebook. That's oh, a, what the fuck, bad man. example. I'm not going to bring that up. Oh, what the fuck? Okay, fine. My to be like my mom and my sister are those people that just add anyone and everyone on Facebook. Like I'm gonna add your mom on Facebook. And, like calling it everyone. You know what I mean? It's like probably could. Probably could. No, I'm yeah, fucking it, with you. It's, no. like, it's it's literally like oh, I'm Next moving to a new Sensi area. Wood podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like she, I remember growing up, we had like new people move into like our neighborhood like directly across the street from us. And they invited like the neighborhood over like, Oh, we're going to have like, you know, just food and drinks, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the kids can come over. We, we have like a, I forget what they had like a PlayStation or something set up. 
I don't know if they owned it or if they just borrowed it and they're like, yeah, kids can play games or whatever. You know, we have a ping pong table. Kids can be preoccupied with that. We're just going to have food and drinks and just meet people and, you know, whatever. We're just introducing ourselves to the neighborhood. Yeah. And my mom's like, I'm not, I don't want to go meet them. We're going to move at some point anyway. So why bother? I'm like, oh, that's, it's kind of cold. But she will, she will absolutely add those people on She'll Facebook. She'll add those people on Facebook. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was about it's, to say. I bet she added those people like on a, Facebook. It, it's literally one of those things where it's like, oh, it's, it's like, you know, bragging rights sort of thing. Like, look how many friends I have on Facebook. And then they're not your friends. Those are just accounts that you have added to a list, essentially. I was going to say, and then I'm going to call it now. These people. Yeah. She's 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 the mom that go, that like ten years down the line she's like oh remember the neighbors that we used to live beside um they live over in mm. over in Delhi now you know and you're like yeah. I what are you talking about you said you didn't like those people and she's like but I added them on Facebook <laughs> yeah it, it's absolutely that yeah. like, I'm moving to a new area I'm gonna add all of like you know the people my stepdad work with oh, I'll add them on Facebook I'll add their family like people they you know recommended to me or whatever I'll add them too I guess. Like it's exactly how it is more so my sister than my mom, to be fair. My sister thinks she's a, like a social media influencer. And even I don't consider myself a social media influencer. I have a podcast, you know, we have like the YouTube stuff, Twitch streaming. I don't consider myself a social media influencer. I'm not influencing people. My sister thinks she is. She has like a few hundred people on Instagram that follow her. It's mainly middle-aged men. And she posts like lewd photos of herself on there. And it is embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. And I'm like, you know, you're married, right? And like your husband doesn't like this and you're out here like flirting with oh, middle-aged no. men. I mean, what's her and, Instagram? But oh no, no, I'm fucking with you. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't know. My, my girlfriend would know. Uh, nah. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but it, it it's so funny because I will sit here and like my girlfriend be like, oh, check this out. And it's like, it's my sister like in the woods. She like saw like some other person on like some fame, like actual famous person on Instagram post a photo of themselves like trying to do like an artsy photo in the woods with like, you know, vines draped over them with like a mirror or something. I don't know. And my sister tried to recreate it, dragged like this cheap, like old beat up mirror out in the woods with herself, put poison ivy all over herself, gave herself a rash. Oh, God. Oh, like, my, sister is, <laughs> my sister is a wannabe social media influencer who doesn't understand how it works fundamentally. And even that, like, doesn't literally understand, like, how to do any of it. So it's, yeah. it's just hilarious to me watching her fail miserably. While like middle-aged men are like hitting her up, like desperate middle-aged <laughs> men are hitting her up. I'm like, oh, this man. is pathetic. Yeah, and and yeah, at that point, that's not influencing anything. You're not influencing anything but bonus. No. <laughs> it uh, is that the new thing? Uh, my dad had messaged me the other day. And he's like, get this, and he's talking to like a family friend we have on uh, Facebook, and uh, he's like, yeah, I was talking to this guy, and your sister was talking to him. He lives out in California, right? And he's like, yeah, your sister wants your mom to buy like a $1.4 million mansion in California so she can move out there and and uh, connect with influencers. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, I was actually just like, talking to someone about this uh, yesterday, I think. I was talking on my last yeah. podcast about it. People move to L.A. and never come back out. Have you noticed that? Nobody ever mm-hmm. comes back out of L.A. It, it's a place where people go to die right now. It's not, it's not the political or it's not the... It's not the fun landscape that everybody acts like it is because everybody's yeah. going there. If you want to go somewhere and actually become an influencer right now, you go to New York or you go to Australia or you go somewhere cool. LA is not interesting anymore. It's like not. It exactly. was back it's in the dying. day. Yeah. It, it's just not interesting. It's not, Nobody's <laughs> looking at LA and being like, wow, that's really unique. It's like, no, 
There's so well, many, everyone went out there, tried to get in on like the culture of the area. And it's like, okay, I'm done with this. You know, like Austin was a new area that people were going to and it kind of grew out of control. Like Austin lost a lot of its culture, I think, because of uh, all the people moving there for like the tax purposes and stuff like that and the, the cheap prices for like living. Yeah, they're trying to make Austin the next big thing right now. And I don't think that's going to work out the way that they think it is. I honestly, I, I think that Austin's going to die out too because Austin's not meant to be, it's meant to be a town. It's not, or a, a city. It's not meant to be a uh, a social media yeah. yeah it's not meant to be a social media hub it's not meant to be a cultural especially hub. if There's they not... can't keep the power on <laughs> like, yeah like they've got an influencer if you don't have electricity yeah like well and the people that moved to la is what made it what it was so mm-hmm. those people just need to find somewhere else and make that what it is but New York yeah. City's already kind of been that, man. New York City, like mm-hmm. the East Coast has kind of been that for a minute. And I'm I'm gonna call it now. I think the East Coast is gonna be the next big wave again. Because everything good's coming from the East Coast. All the good comedians, all I'm not gonna say all the good actors and actresses because I don't keep up with them all that much. But <laughs> it's all coming from the East Coast right now. It has been for the last fifteen years. They all may move to what? LA. But Tom Segura's from Ohio, Jack Harlow's from Ohio, Big J, uh, all them, they're from New York. Well, actually, Big J's from uh, PA, but you know what I mean. It, one of the my favorite parts about the uh, like COVID lockdowns and stuff was watching a lot of these like social media influencers move out of the city in LA out into like the desert. Mm-hmm. And then after like a month or so realizing, oh, there's nothing to do in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> they, they realized they wasted all the money and everything moving out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. LA, LA is just not, like, and I've never even been to LA, so I can't talk that much shit, you. but <laughs> exactly. Like where you go is what you make it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to, you're not going to go somewhere and it's going to become this fantastic thing that you're going to influence everybody and make it become this thing. That's not how it works. LA became this big of a thing because this many millions of people tried to go to LA to make it a thing. Austin's not Mm -hmm. just going to overnight become that because three comedians moved to LA, moved to fucking Austin. That's not how that works. So that doesn't mean that everything hot notice nothing hot has came from austin since all those comedians moved down there it's because all the people that were moving to la are now moving to austin to do the same shit it's all the same people just in a different place they they killed the local culture of like a quirky little it was obviously it's a city but it's you know it had the town vibe to it right and so like they had this quirky little atmosphere and now it's like oh it's just a bunch of like corporate entities essentially moving in killing the local culture and just making it a hub of like tax avoidance, so to speak, as far yeah. as like, you know, like I said, cost of living and it'll, it'll stay a tax haven, but yeah. they'll, I, within the next five to 10 years, all the comedians that have moved down there will move away. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to stick. They ain't going to stick down there. Yeah. Like, I'm honestly, like my girlfriend and I considered moving down towards like Raleigh, like Raleigh, North Carolina. Super nice down there. Spent a lot of time down there Beautiful. when I was growing up. Yeah, Beautiful. fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to live in a city, mind you. I like. I like living close by, like thirty minutes outside of it, maybe a little bit more, yeah, so that I see. have stuff to do. Like now, it. I, like I said, I've I've said it a number of times on the show. People probably hate hearing it, 
it takes me like 40 minutes to get to a town big enough to have like actual restaurants in it. <laughs> it's like, God damn. I, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Like we have restaurants in town here, but it's literally like we have McDonald's, we have a Domino's and we have like a original time pizza, go IP. So we have like two pizza places and a McDonald's oh, and a subway. Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. I know exactly like, the size town you're talking about. There's a about. reason yeah. I cook dinner every night. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I can drive yeah. 40, 45 minutes away and then they have like, they have Red Lobster. They have like a, what is it? Longhorn Steakhouse. And it's like, okay, these are better, but like I can make better seafood at home. I can make better steaks at home and it doesn't take me 45 minutes to get there. And even then it's like, there's still nothing. I can go to the movies, but it's like, I don't really feel like driving 45 minutes away to go to a movie. Yeah, who goes drive to the movies anymore? Home. It's like, you can rent that shit like, now. It, I, if I lived... 30 minutes from a city there'd be so much stuff to do like just stuff just in general you know there's like events going on whatever like it's just i don't know it'd be so much better i i'm so much more preferred it yeah see i'm about i'm i'm actually at a perfect spot right now i am 10 to 15 minutes from the closest town that's got restaurants in it 20 to 25 minutes from the closest city that's got like a bunch of decent shit in it and then about 40 minutes from Cincinnati. So I'm in a perfect mm-hmm. spot where depending on my mood, I can just go a little bit further and hit whatever I want to hit. There's, yeah. um, it's, it's a pretty decent spot. And I actually got lucky where I moved because like the town that I moved. Okay. So the town that I was talking about, that's about uh, 20 minutes away is growing and becoming a city and it's inking slowly mm-hmm. into this other town. That's 10 minutes away and growing it into a giant town and it's slowly becoming a city they've added they're the ones that just opened up into they're about to open up a dispensary all this other stuff um and where i moved is about 10 minutes from there so my house should be the next one to get that next little income bump and that next little that next little uh property value bump so to speak so yeah. Hopefully I moved into a good spot and hopefully they don't just decide that they're going to move to Bethel or some shit instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I loved when we, uh, when my parents lived out in Ohio, we'd go into Cleveland. I don't remember the, uh, the name of the restaurant, but it was like, uh, it was one of those restaurants. They called it the Brazilian steakhouse, but I don't think that's what it's actually called, but you go in, it's one of the ones where you get, you pay and you get unlimited like steak and stuff and they cut it right off mm-hmm. the, the thing for you at your plate. And, uh, that was so good. You get like valet parking and everything. I was like, this is what I want. Right. Damn. I want, I want the option to be able to like feel fancy for a night. Yeah. Like if I want to, as opposed to me driving 45 minutes to go to a Popeye's chicken. (laughs) Honestly, Ohio is kind of a good hub for that. As much as I hate to say it, because Ohio, you can be 30 minutes away from something and be in the middle of nowhere and then drive that 30 minutes and be in the middle of a city. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I, I, there's Amish people. I'm surprised an Amish person hasn't driven by while we've been talking right now, but yet I'm, I'm 10 minutes from a McDonald's. I'm less than that from a McDonald's actually. And 30 minutes from the funny bone. You know what I mean? Like I could Mm -hmm. actually, I'm probably 40 minutes from the funny bone, but (laughs) yeah, it's, it's man. Ohio is a pretty good spot. Move to Ohio. Yeah. It was nice where they lived, like the town they were in. They had like Amish and stuff there too, but it, it was nice because like you're in the country, so to speak, right? They had space, but you're close enough to the city that you lived around people with money 
And so the area was kept clean, you know, and it was safe. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can, I can appreciate that. Um, and yeah, that's how it all is around here is the people with money keep everything clean and keep the crackheads off the streets. Mm-hmm. So it's not super crazy. There's not a bunch of crime or anything crazy going on. Nobody's houses is getting broken into or anything like that. But yeah. you're still far enough away from the city that you can chill and not be dealing with the city life all the time if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. The only problem I had with where they lived, they had to put a six, I think it was a 60 foot tower in their backyard, like this big metal tower. It might have been bigger. I don't remember. Uh, but there's just a big metal tower in their backyard so they could get like five megabit internet. I was like, I literally wouldn't be able to do my job there. I, so I, actually, I literally wouldn't be able to live there. So. Where I live gets okay internet. Where my mom lives, about 30 minutes from me, gets no internet at all. Like, she doesn't get (laughs) cell phone service in her house. She has to keep her phone in one spot to get cell phone service, let alone internet. She tried getting uh, satellite internet and everything. She can't get shit. So, yeah, that one, depending on where you move, can make it difficult. But, yeah, like you were saying earlier. That's one of the main things I look into because that's what my job revolves around, like, with remote work is literally being able to connect to the internet and do my job. It's like, I need consistent high-speed internet. Like where I live now, we don't have gigabit internet. Uh, It's available, but I I don't need it. So we have 200 megabits. And uh, I'm like, this is fine. But if I leave my home, I don't have cell phone service. I have to drive 20, 25 minutes until I actually have service of any. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. People complain like, oh, that's such a first world, like, you know, spoiled person problem. I'm like, it's, it's is really it though? not like, when you live in the first world. In a first world country. Yeah, like, I live in the first I, world. I that is my problem. Five minutes away to like check in on family members and be able to do my job. Yeah, exactly. I shouldn't have to sit at home or drive 30 minutes in either direction to actually get service. Yeah. I know like when we've That's had like crazy. family members come back to visit, like my aunt would go, you know, she would, she would stay with a relative of mine, but she'd have to drive like 10, 15 minutes away and sit at a Starbucks in their parking lot and connect to their Wi-Fi <laughs> so she could do her work. And that's what she did. That's, Eventually, she got, like, one of those, uh, like, it's like a 5G hotspot through Verizon or something. But even then, like, that was inconsistent when she was at the house because, like, it didn't have great service. <clears throat> yeah, they're inconsistent, and they run off of data. So if you don't have an unlimited mm-hmm. data plan, they're expensive yeah. as hell. Yeah. And, yeah. like, yeah, where my mom lives, she can't even get that. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, crazy. That, that's the only reason I have cell phone service in my house is I went through Verizon. I complained. I'm like, listen, I literally can't make phone calls. I can't do my job. I can't check in on family members in the hospital. I'm like, I I need some sort of resolution to this. And they sent me, it's an, I think it's called an LTE network extender, which plugs into my, my modem. And it's literally just like a, you know, 5G hotspot essentially, but it's a big, like, it looks like a router almost. And it just sits on the Ooh. desk. For my, my phone. That's but fancy. I'll, so, have to, I'll have to have my mom look into that because that actually sounds really useful. That might be something yeah, she it, can look into that'll actually do something for her. It doesn't help when I go outside. <laughs> like if I, if I go out well, with the dog, I lose service, but like at least it helps when I'm in the house here. Well, uh, exactly. It helps phones. when you're in the house. And we have older family members that are that are reaching mm-hmm. the end. So it's it's nice to be able to check up on them when you actually have yeah. to rather they, than I will say. Uh, as much as I hate dealing with like Verizon and stuff in general, uh, they were fantastic with the customer service about it. Uh, they sent it to me for free. I think it's like, I don't know, $200, $250. I'm pulling up here. Yeah, it's $250. 
Damn. And they sent it to me for free. They're like, yeah, we're sorry. I'll put it in the chat here. You can see what I'm talking about. Uh, they, uh, they're like, yeah, we're sorry. Uh, we re- we're looking at it now. You live in an area that's not very well suited for uh, service. We'll send this to you and uh, it should help you out. I'm like, okay, man, it's worked since. I haven't had any problems while I've been here. Cause it, it, it was at the point where I literally couldn't make phone calls from home. I could connect, I could do like calls over Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. but it just, the whole thing was just a pain. Now I haven't had problems since. Yeah, I'll have to have but, my mom look into that actually because that'll that probably would do something for her because she can get could. I don't know what, how it all works to be honest, but I don't I have no idea. I'm borderline <laughs> technologically retarded. I, <laughs> yeah. I I just bought a brand new gaming laptop and I'm too lazy to even set it up so that I can actually play games on it. <laughs> I I the computer I use now for the podcast is supposed to be a gaming PC. It's an old I mean this is over 10 years old so it's really outdated and it wasn't top of the line at the time even because i was you know just finishing up high school so i just paid with it as you know what i could what i could afford at the time i'm at the point now like obviously i'm saving up because i want to move and and get a night i i'm very much a invest in the long run type of person where it's like if i'm gonna get something i'm gonna get the best thing i possibly can so it lasts a while yeah so like that's what i'm doing like our house like whenever we move is like i'm gonna put in a bunch of money i don't care if it's like an over not overpriced but like if it's something i wouldn't normally need like size wise for a house it's like i'm gonna put in the extra money gonna get a bigger house than we really need you know if my girlfriend's mom wants to move in with us i can add on like an apartment suite essentially for her so we can help her out you know like stuff like that i'm gonna have my own i have the office here but i'm gonna like have an actual office as well as like a you know little office for my girlfriend whatever you know i'm gonna invest the money into it i'm gonna buy an actual gaming pc that's uh, from this decade, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's crazy how, how many times far I see, Yeah, I don't know how many times I see people do that though. Where it's like, uh, what's the bare minimum I can use to get by? I'm like, like just in any aspect, like cars, computers, like phone, like whatever. Yeah. It's like, why? At a, you know, at a certain point, it's like, okay, whatever. If you're not going to use it a lot, sure, get the bare minimum. But like, for you know, like stuff like. It's at, it's something I don't need, like a gaming PC, right? It's not something that's like required for me to have to do my job or whatever. It's like for that, I can understand people doing bare minimum. But like if I'm going to spend money on something that I'm going to use a lot, of course, I'm going to put the money into it because it's worth it in the long run. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, gaming PCs have come a long way and cheapened up a lot. You can build a pretty mm-hmm. future-proof PC for like 1000 or $1,500 nowadays. Yeah. I was really hoping you'd say like a like an actual high amount. Like, is they're actually really affordable? You could get like a really high gaming PC for like six grand. Oh yeah, <laughs> just you can buy some. No, you can buy some. Just like a completely no, ridiculous. Can, no, you can honestly build your own like very competent gaming PC. Yeah. Like, I paid twelve hundred bucks for this laptop, and this laptop should last me for the next ten years. It should outperform yeah. an Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. That being yeah, said, it did cost cars, me twelve hundred dollars, but. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about cars. What's uh, up? Uh, no, like two episodes ago, I had a guy on Nick from. Uh, uh, oh shit! What was the part? Oh uh, man, uh, the Kickback Podcast. I have it here. Okay, Whew. thank God I got my notebook. Uh, Nick and I. Neither of us knows like anything about cars, and I was talking to him about like uh, the Lotus Elise. You know, you know. Oh yeah. I was, and I told, I was talking to him about like it's expensive, one. right? It's expensive. But comparable to, like, if you compare it to, like, a Lamborghini, like, Aventador or something, like, an actual, like, 
supercar, it's very yeah. much affordable by comparison, right? Yeah. But it's still like a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, it's a terrible investment. All these cars are terrible investments because they're sports cars and they just break all the time. Is my Honestly, uh, understanding of it. Yeah, a lot of them very much are, especially with the Lotus Elise, because the Lotus Lotuses are not a very. Uh, they're a reputable they're brand. A poor man's sports car, but right. they're very unreliable cars. They break mm-hmm. all the goddamn time. Not some of the goddamn time. They break all the goddamn time. And if you're and if yeah. I'm wrong, somebody please call me out and tell me that they've had a Lotus Elise for the last 10 years and it's ran fine. The only Lotuses yeah. that run good are the ones that have the Toyota motors in them. So yeah. if you want a sports car for cheap, buy an MR2 because it's the same exact thing as a Lotus Elise and you're going to save $10,000 at least. Right. An MR2 is mid-engined um, just as fast as Elise and you can do a bunch of mods to them. They've got a Corolla motor in them basically. MR2 is the way to go. Yeah, yeah, they, um, and exactly. And well, and then you spend all that money on that expensive of a car like Lamborghini and they break just as much. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're all sports cars in general are a very finicky investment to make. The only way that you can make that investment is if you, the only way to cheaply get into it is if you lease a car for a, for you lease the newest model of the car for a couple years, you put the miles on it, you dump that 20 grand and then you let go of the lease and get a new one. That's the cheapest way that you're going to get a new car. Otherwise, if you buy one, all that money is coming out of your pocket, all the maintenance costs, all the insurance, everything else is coming out of your pocket and you're never getting a dime of it back. All that uh, depreciation you're going to run into very quickly. If you buy a new car right now, like a C8 Corvette and put a couple thousand miles on it, you can get out of it, but you've got to have that hundred thousand dollars to put into it so that you can drive it for a couple thousand dollars for a couple thousand miles to get back out of it. Whereas if you go lease, you can go lease anything right now, whatever you want to lease. As long as you've got the money to back it up, you can lease whatever, lease it for a year or two put whatever miles you want on it, let the lease go. You're going to lose a couple grand in that because you basically rented a car for that, but you yeah. don't have to deal with any of the maintenance. You don't have to deal with the depreciation. You don't have to deal with any of the, any of the downsides that come with owning the car because you just let it go at the end of the lease and get something new and start all over again because they'll roll over most of that money into a new lease. So that's where most of these guys, money. That's where most of these guys that are uh, that are getting all these new fancy supercars like Rob Ferretti and everything, they lease a bunch of them for their company and they, they sublease them basically. And they have these 570s and these 720s and all this that they lease and then they're basically renting out that lease. And then once the lease is gone, they just let the car go because it's got 30,000 miles on it or whatever. They get a new model and do it again. That's the only time that there's money in the in the car market. Other than that, the car market is a giant sinkhole. Being a car guy is a giant. Being a car guy, you might as well be addicted to drugs. <laughs> it's it's a giant it's a giant money pit. There is no making money being a car guy. Like, you know, honestly, it goes back to what I was talking to you about before we started recording with the video games. It's it's essentially drugs. It's the same as having a drug addiction. Clearly, exactly, exactly. That <laughs> that addictive. Well, and they all kind of go for that addictive part of your personality. It's just different ways that you go about it. Just different yeah. people, it grabs them differently. So, it, car guys, it grabs them. Like my dad, for example. My dad 
has a tendency of he builds all his own cars. So he'll build a car, drive it for a couple seasons and then sell it, get his money back and roll that into another car. But you've got to have that 60 grand to start out with to put into a car. So Mm -hmm. you've got to be good to be able to get better. So like I said, there's, there's no real money in the car market. (laughs) It's, it's not a money mate, unless you're selling new cars and you work at a car lot, even then there's not really money in the car market. Mm-hmm. The yeah, only I just, car, like I said, I. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I'm just talking I shit. I say, like I, I, it goes back to like uh, you know the leasing and everything like that. I hate owing people money. I hate having bills. Obviously, I'm gonna have some bills. Like, I'm gonna have to pay the phone bill, you know, and everything like that, like utilities, whatever. But like, I hate owing people money, like on a car, where it's like I just want to own it, be done with it, and not have to worry about owing somebody tens of thousands of dollars or whatever. And like, just, it's the same thing with like, especially it depends what I'm getting out of it too, right? You know, with the phone bill, it's like this is a service. It's a consistent service that I'm paying for, right? Like, yeah. if I'm continuously paying for a car, I'm not getting a service out of this. If I'm if I'm doing a monthly payment to own the car, right? Leasing it, obviously, there it's a different scenario. But I like knowing like I'm paying for something and I have it and it's just mine. And like that's the issue I have with like when my girlfriend and I were looking at moving. She's like, should we just rent somewhere? And I'm like. I hate the idea of spending like I'll make up a thousand dollars a month and getting literally nothing out of it. You know, at the end, like when we leave, what do we take with us? Fucking nothing. Right. Only the stuff we brought with us, you know, we don't get anything out of the transaction other than having our own place. Right. To, I to understand stay temporarily. that. Well, and yeah. that's why you don't buy it. That's why you're not buying a sports car. That's what I'm saying. The sports yeah. car market. If you're buying mm-hmm. a new Honda Accord, you can absolutely just go buy that shit and pay for it. Yeah. And it'll be absolutely bulletproof and you'll never have a problem out of it. The sports car market is where it gets finicky. Um, but mm-hmm. I absolutely it understand that. Cool, not be efficient. I imagine. Exactly. It's sort of like owning a plane or a boat. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's just like any of those like, things. Have that cool experience as opposed to. This is a good investment of my time and money. <laughs> There's a reason those sweet new Dodge Chargers and those sweet new Hellcats and all that come with like a 30,000 mile warranty. There is a solid reason to it. It's because they are not meant to be long lasting. They're not yeah. meant to be. It's basically like the neon SRT4. Notice you don't see any of them little bastards around anymore. It's because they weren't meant to be long lasting. They were meant to be a fad that everybody was going to grow out of and throw in the garbage in a couple of years. And here in about the next 10 years, you're going to start seeing challengers for like 10 grand a piece that are ratted out because right. everybody has gotten one at this point and everybody's gone through them. And then at some point in the next, let's say 30 years, you'll see a renaissance where everybody loves those charger or those challengers and chargers again. And they come back. If you look, right. if you look at the car market, you can see where it all like SRT fours right now are hot again. They were turds back in the day. They're still turds now, but they're hot again because they have that nostalgia factor. As soon as you introduce that nostalgia factor, shit gets expensive again. And that's what Dodge mm-hmm. is trying to play off of with the Challengers and the Chargers. That's what they've played off of is the, the nostalgia factor. And it's worked really, really well. And then here in a couple of years, it'll die off and nobody will give a shit about Challengers or Chargers anymore. And then I'm calling mm-hmm. it now. Watch. And about the next... Uh, we'll call it 20 years they'll have a renaissance and everybody will want one again because they'll be the they'll be the the nostalgia fad same as uh 90s didn't the dodge dart do that it had like a comeback briefly yep exactly 
exactly. It had its nostalgia fad and came back. The uh, the Charger did the same thing with the Duke Boys with the with the uh, Dukes mm-hmm. of Hazard. Um, yeah. The Challenger did the same thing. And what was that movie? Uh, Death Proof, I think it was. They did it with the Challenger. Um, might have been Death Proof. I don't remember exactly what it was. No, it's Death Proof. Yeah, yeah. Is it Death Proof? Yeah, they did it with Death Proof yeah. with the Challenger. They've they've done it with. Look at uh, Knight Rider. They do it with a lot of things, and then that reintroduces that nostalgia factor, and that nostalgia factor is what drives the sales again, and that's what drives the collector car market. So it all it, mm-hmm. it all works around in a weird giant circle where if you can find a place in it, there is a place for you in the world. But, yeah. man, it's not worth – you're not going to make any money in the car market. It's It's a hobby at most. It's a drug yeah. addiction is exactly what it is. You're not going to make any money. You might make a couple thousand dollars here and there, but it's a drug addiction. It's the same as video games. You're dumping a whole lot of money into something that you can look at and go, look, I got this. Oh my God, it's so fucking cool. And same as uh, Super Nintendos right now are super hot. Uh, Nintendos, Super Nintendos, they're super hot. Mid-90s Hondas are super hot right now. You can't touch. You can't touch an E-Case Body Style Civic, the... The 97 to two. Oh, if I could quit bourbon. Sorry, I got drunk too early in the day. <laughs> um, if if you were to look at the EK body style Civics, the 90, what was it? 96 to oh, 96 to 2000 because they swapped in 2001. So 96 to 2000 body style Civics, you can't fucking touch them little bastards right now. They're 20 grand. They're, they're the price of a new Civic for an old Civic SI <laughs> because of that nostalgia factor. It's crazy how the yeah. nostalgia factor works on the used car market. It's that what's popular around here is what I refer to as the, uh, instead of first world problem, it's like a redneck problem where they all, they're all driving. Uh, most of them are Ford F1, like F, you know, the F50 series, mm-hmm. uh, one of those types and they do, I don't know what it's called, but it's the one where they jack the truck up and then they have the wheels sticking out from underneath the vehicle. Like they stick out. Wheel spacers and, yep, wheel spacers okay. and, a, and a high offset. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's very popular around here too. Um, I, I and, okay. I so the redneck problem because they can't pass each other efficiently on the, the streets because the streets are tight enough where if cars are parked there, one truck will have to like still both stop. One truck will like back up enough a little bit, like the cars behind them will have to back up and I'll have to pull off into a parking spot to let the other truck pass and then they'll go by. Mm-hmm. I see it constantly and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? And and uh, Range Rover just put out a thing like two days ago. New Range Rovers will, dry, will pull 7,200 pounds. New SUVs mm-hmm. pull just as much. New minivans pull just as much as a fucking F-150 V6 does. So what do you need right. that big dumbass truck for other than to look other than to not even look cool. I was going to say to look cool, but yeah. you don't look cool. You look dumb as shit. Yeah, all it's, the people around here haul air. That's all they do. None of them put anything in the back because they're like, I don't want to scratch it up. I'm like, then why the fuck did you buy it? Why'd you're you buy a truck air. then? Yeah, And then like, they're the same people that complain about gas prices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, those, uh, yep. I did that, like Biden stickers all over yep. the gas stations around yep. here. Yep, they're the same people that complain about, and you're like, dude, you're driving a car that gets 11 miles to the gallon, and you're doing romp romp shit all the time. You're paying like a dollar more per gallon because you're buying like diesel and shit for your truck or whatever. Exactly. Don't fucking complain to me. Exactly. 
not hauling anything in your big ass no. fucking truck because you're terrible with investing. No, I'm gonna be honest. Real men drive Priuses. <laughs> fucking like Priuses will do more than you think, and they're faster than you think, and they're actually kind of badass little cars. Like real dudes drive Priuses or Hondas. My next, my next oh, car will be some sort of electric vehicle. Well, I wouldn't blame you for not. Uh, I wouldn't go full electric. I would go hybrid. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. The, the uh, I'm not going to get one for a while. I don't. The electric infrastructure, I don't know, is stuff. really there yet for electric vehicles. Yeah, because well, there are a lot of. I feel that though. Well, if you're only driving yeah. small distances and shit, if you're like you said, if you're going to live close to a city, then it won't be that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, I say like I'm not going to get one anytime soon either. Like I'm the I'm the type where it's like I buy a car like with the Kona. I got a 2022 Kona. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm gonna drive that until it stops working. Oh yeah. So you've got a while until you need a new yeah. car. Okay. I thought you were talking yeah, like in the next couple of years. Okay, never mind. No. You're talking like ten or fifteen years down the line. Oh yeah. dude, you've got a new years, Hyundai, maybe. it'll last at yeah. least fifteen years. Honestly. Yeah. Like if you if you so put the work into it, new Hyundai's I was gonna tell you if you're looking for a new car right now, new Kias, new Hyundai's are where it's at, new Toyotas, they're where it's at. Yeah. So like I'll what by the time I need a new one the infrastructure for electric vehicles should be pretty solid. I would imagine Hopefully, uh, at least the point where it. it's not a hassle for me, especially if you live in a more modern area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where you, if you live in a more modern area, it shouldn't be as big of a deal. Um, I yeah. I'm still thinking of living in the country, trying to charge your EV. I saw a video of somebody posted the other day. They were trying to charge their Hummer EV off a of one ten outlet. And I told them it was going to take <laughs> oh, five dude. days to charge it. Yeah, I saw that. Actually, yeah, I was like, that sucks. Like, yeah. Not yeah, he's in the middle of the winter in the middle of nowhere, and it says takes five yeah. days. I was like, well, what did you expect, yeah. man? You're trying to charge your Hummer off a of 110 to start with, and you're also, like, you're in a garage. If you're in a garage, your garage should be wired with 240 at least. So you should have mm-hmm. the infrastructure to set up a proper charger for that unit. Or I don't know if you're going to buy a $60,000 Hummer, you'd think you'd think um, maybe this will take more than a fucking blender will. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't understand it's what his thought process people, was. Especially in like big things. Like, like a, I consider a vehicle a big purchase, right? I think most people. Yeah. Know. It's, you know, it's not as big as a, a house, but it, it's still a big purchase. It's so bizarre to me when people don't put like time into like researching you know, where their money's going and like vehicles, like uh, a lot of people will look at like miles per gallon or whatever. I think, you know, I, I think it, it's fair to give people credit. They look at the mileage. I think that's all they look uh, at though. And, and they, yeah, but that's what I'm going to say. They look at that and like the total cost we've, we've talked about a number of times on the show here where I don't know how many times, and you know, again, going back to making fun of my sister and her husband, they, they look at the uh, monthly cost. They don't look at the total cost or anything. They're like, I just want to, what did he say at the time? He's like, he, I think when he was talking to us about it, he's like, I just want the monthly payment to be under $700. He, my sister, keep in mind, does not have a license. She cannot drive. Yet her husband bought her. Uh, he has a new Durango or some shit. It was a Jeep. I forget what. what oh, car I was, was so was. fucking close. I knew yeah, I was going to yeah. be fucking close. God damn. Uh, I forget when, if it's been a year, two years or not. But we'll say like, just for the sake of the conversation, a 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee or whatever, right? So he spends right six hundred and ninety dollars a month on that vehicle. I don't think he knows what the total cost of it is, though. I think he only asked them what the monthly cost was. 
He's like, I just want to make sure it was under seven hundred dollars. And you know, he makes he makes good money. But how short sighted and stupid do you have to be to be like, I just want to know the monthly cost. Don't care how, how many kids do they have? None, thankfully. So why do they need a fucking Jeep Grand Cherokee? I don't know why she needs any vehicle. She literally can't drive. She doesn't have a license. So, exactly. That's it. You are exact. Yeah, that's exactly what you were at just the saying. Time, at the time, they still lived with my parents, my mom and my stepdad. They still lived there. Uh, well, you know, oh, she didn't have a job pissed. at the time. And the Jeep just sat in their driveway. Uh, for the most part, she did drive it around their yard, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, she would drive around their yard and they have, they live in like a wooded area. Uh, and, uh, she would drive it up in front of like the woods, you know, she'd park on the edge of the yard right up against the woods and she'd post pictures of herself and her dog and be like, Oh, I'm out on an adventure with the dog today. And it's like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, my girlfriend's showing this picture to me. I'm like, dude, this is, you should have been taking so pictures of her out the window. <laughs> a picture of her out the window taking those. Oh, damn. A picture of her through the window taking those pictures would be the funniest shit in the world. Oh, uh, that, That'd be so great. Yeah, no, oh, I, they they moved away to Ohio in like 2012, and uh, they, they've moved a couple times since then. So I've been. This was like a year ago. She did this. Uh, she's 24 years old and still hasn't bothered finishing high school, learning to drive anything. Like, Jesus. I wish I was there, able to, like you said, take a picture out the window. Like she's on a big adventure, pretending like she's a grown up driving around the yard in her brand yeah. new Jeep that her husband bought her. Big adventure. <laughs> yeah, it, that's awesome that's why it's and, so embarrassing to me like that i'm in uh, front of her for being a quote-unquote influencer i'm like you can't influence anyone because you can't even influence yourself enough to finish school or learn how to drive a vehicle and notice that comes back to what i was saying a second ago when i was saying uh don't buy a new chrysler because they all have a thirty thousand mile warranty new chryslers are absolute mm-hmm. garbage dude they are one of the worst cars that you can buy right now everybody knows that they are worse one of the worst cars that you can buy right now their crash test ratings their mpgs everything is absolute shit right now they are <laughs> the only reason they're treading water is because they sell the is because they sell the uh, the fancier version of the jeep they sell mm-hmm. the challenger and the charger and yee's like to buy the jeeps the the wranglers that is the only reason they're treading water. Their crash test rating. Have you? Uh, when you get bored, look up the crash I, test ratings for a Jeep Wrangler. They're terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying. They're one of the worst vehicles that you can own, but yet everybody buys them. They're they're not a good vehicle at all. Yeah, I. It, it's one of those things. Like if I'm going back to what I was saying about like researching like big purchases, mm-hmm. I looked into like. The Kona, like I, I, I forget why I got interested in it, but I was like, oh, I'll, I'll look into it. And I looked into it a bit and I was like, OK, I'm, I'm happy with this. I know like I, I, I like Hyundai. They have an issue with uh, mine doesn't because it's newer and it has the push start. But like I think pre 2020 Hyundai and uh, I think it's Kia have an issue with like vehicle thefts because they don't have a uh, immobilizer in them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was a little concerned about that, I guess. Uh, but I was like, oh, the new ones have that in there. Plus, mine's push start, so it makes it a bit harder. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay. Yeah, you got to have the key in there. You got to recognize it. Yeah. But I, I looked into it and I was like, okay, at least I'm doing my research. You know, my sister and her husband are the types of people who are absolutely like, people will come up, like, I, I'll come up to them and say, like, oh, maybe you should look into this. I'm like, I'm fine. You know, they just brush it aside like they don't care. Yeah. It was the same we- thing before they got married. My, I, I remember they came to, they were in Kentucky at the time, I think. 
And uh, they came up to, it was just my sister and her husband. My, my parents didn't come with them at the time. And my grandfather, they were staying at my grandfather's and they were, he was sitting them down at the table. He's like, listen, you know, you're going to want to have a big wedding. So you remember it. And he's like, but listen, it's, it's one party for one day. Don't put all your money in this. You can save that money, put that down on like a house and you can, you know, you can invest it in something that'll, you know, help you in the long run. And I'm to this day, I'll never forget my sister looking at him with this look of confusion on her face. Like, I don't care. I just want to have a big party because it's my day. And I'm just like, oh my God, that is the response of a, of a, an idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay, my grandfather so went out of his way to sit down and like provide you with some valuable advice and you just don't care what he has to say. So I'm currently looking up the uh, the Jeeps and I was looking at their you, cost to own. Uh, let's see here. Maintenance costs, uh, five-year costs for gas insurance, taxes, fees, repairs, and maintenance are projected to be about thirty-five grand, yeah. uh, or eight thousand dollars per year. What, so, what was the uh, the search that you put in for that? Because I'll look up the hundred. Uh, I just typed in Jeep Grand Cherokee cost to own, and it was the uh, oh, it okay. was on yeah, okay. yeah. It is crazy. What the fuck was that? Why are you popping had, in my ear? I had, a, uh, I, I had a uh, 2000, I think it was 2011 Subaru Outback before this. Killer cars. And uh, it was nice. I really liked it. But I feel like Subaru has gone downhill so much. One, they're incredibly overpriced now. And they, I don't know how many times I had to take it. It was literally like once a month that I have to go they in because another that flat floor. They keep fighting yeah, for yeah. that flat four and that fight that flat six design, and that flat four and flat six is just not a design that's meant to be a long lasting design. Other than that, they're killer little cars, but the engines on them fall apart. Mm-hmm. Notice yeah, anyone that I, you see online for sale needs an engine. It's because the engines on them all fucking fall apart. None of them ever need a transmission. They all need an engine. Yeah. Yeah, it just there was so many problems at the end where I'm like I had two hundred thousand miles on it, you know. It I had beaten it up a little bit, but I'm uh-huh. I'm just like, man, like I'm literally. And my grandfather is a newer. He has like a twenty fifteen, so not like new, obviously, but like newer than what I had. All the exact same problems with the bulbs going out all the time. My dad uh-huh. has a, I think it's a Forester. Uh-huh. This is like a twenty eighteen Forester. Same same issues bulbs going out constantly problems with the engine and stuff he's he knows enough that he can fix a lot of these things on his own which is nice uh but it's just like man this is frustrating like i shouldn't be having to replace parts literally monthly on and honestly vehicle. going with a new hyundai you made a fantastic decision i bet you haven't had a I single up, issue with it yet have you i pulled up the 2022 hyundai cost to own it says 36706 as the true cost to own. i'm on edmunds.com i don't know what you're looking at um, um, I don't remember what I was in, what I was on. It was, was just that the five year cost. Google. Uh, let me pull this back up. Sorry. Uh, it just says true cost to own. I don't, yeah. Five year breakdown. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now let's compare that to your Hyundai Kona. Um, this one says a 2020, the five years is mm-hmm. projected to be about 28 grand. Mm-hmm. Whereas realistically, Let's be honest here. You're not going to need much for that. Let's see. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to read what all it says. I'm trying to read what all it says might go wrong real quick and just scroll through it. Um, realistically, 
depending on what your Hyundai Kona you've got, you're not going to run into any I'll, issues with it. I'll put up an example too. The 2022 Subaru Outback cost owned 43000 Oh my God. Oh, oh, so you're paying the I, cost of the car over five years to own that car. That's nuts. It's. I saw like a I said, like, the other day. We, Go on, sorry. When we were looking at, I'm sorry. I was going to say like as right at the end of like when I still had the Outback, I was taking in for maintenance and stuff. I needed to get, I forget what all the transmission I think was, was shot, whatever. And I, it was like, it was going to cost me like with all the repair, there was other stuff wrong too. Um, but it was going to cost like a little, like $4,000, $4,500 or something to get all the repairs done. And I'm just like, this is literally worth like the cost of repair is going to be more than what it's the car, the car. And I was it's like, all right, car. I'll go over and see like what else they have like available at the time. Every car that they had available was like $35,000 to start with. I'm just like, man, this is like with the bare bones too. Like it doesn't have all the features. Like I, I don't need a lot of features in my car. I just treat it as a car, but like, I like having the, you know, the Bluetooth, preferably a sunroof, which I don't have, which I'm kind of disappointed. I don't open it up much, but I like letting the light come in at least. Yeah. It's nice Um, having that little, that ambient light. uh, I'm trying to think what else. I like having the, uh, oh crap. What is it? The lane assist. Mm -hmm. The, uh, with that lets you know the cars are coming behind you. Blind spot detector. Thank you. Yeah. Blind spot monitoring. Uh, backup yeah. camera. Yeah. I like that. I don't need a lot of anything else. Right. But I'm like, man, like I get all these features on the Kona and like be fine. And like the Subaru comes bare bones and it's still like more. I'm like, this is yeah. absurd. Yeah. I want to say, honestly, what are, hold on. Let me see here. What are the cheapest, cheapest cars to own over five years? And I bet I, that my grandfather hasn't bought a. He bought his car. I think it was new at the time, so it would have been like 2015. But I don't, I don't know how much he paid for it. Um, but he was going in thinking like, oh, maybe I'll like he was looking a new one because his was getting up in mileage a little bit, and he's like, oh, maybe I'll get a new one. And he went in, and he's like, they were like, he's like, I was thinking like 25, maybe 28 thousand. They were 35 thousand. I'm like, part of that is him being out of touch with how much things cost right now, but. At the same time, it's like, yeah, no, they're overpriced. So it looks like one of the cheapest cars to own right now is a mm-hmm. new Hyundai Venue crossover, which is basically the new, the new, the new version of the Kona, whatever the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? It is, okay. it costs the same cost as yours does. It costs a thousand dollars more to own over five years. The cheapest cars okay, that I they're saying right now. Let's see here. Cheapest compact car costs thirty thousand dollars over five years, so your car still comes in under that. Mm-hmm. Cheapest, uh, let's see, the cheapest subcompact SUV twenty nine thousand dollars, so you're still a thousand dollars under that for your next five years. So, like, yeah, like I was saying, you went for oh my god, dude, what in the hell? Cost to own over five years for an Infinity QX60 is $90,000. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. <laughs> the cost to own for an F-150 over five years is $48,000. Yeah, that yeah. is, oh my God. It costs more to own an F-150 over five years than it does to own a Charger. A Charger is forty-five dollars 
but they're that's that's them calculating in you doing all the maintenance intervals at the exact times you needing this timing belt and timing chain at this exact time that's them calculating in all the costs that it could ever possibly need but they're Mm -hmm. still saying that yours comes in a thousand dollars cheaper than any of those cars so i think you did pretty good yeah I'm, i'm happy with it i haven't had to do anything with it. i replaced the bolt the headlights which uh, with it. they all need at some point. <sighs> yeah. But that was, that was one of the scenarios I talked about earlier in the show about like not knowing how to do stuff myself. And you mentioned like YouTube, mm-hmm. I learned, I did it myself. I, I, I looked up YouTube video, went in, swapped them out. Very simple. You know, you just, you unscrew the cap on the back, pull the bulb out, swap them out, put it back in, turn it back. In Surprisingly place. easy to do. And now that you've done it once, now you know how to do it. You might need to look up the yeah, YouTube exactly. video just for just just for reference, but now you know how to do it. It's fantastic yeah, I, how far how much YouTube has done for the DIY market and the fact that you can mm-hmm. literally anything that you want to do from building a PC to building a car to playing guitar to anything, right. you can look up on YouTube nowadays and know how to do it in fifteen minutes. It's crazy. Exactly. It honestly the the only thing holding me back on some things is literally like a price point. Or if it's an expense, like if I'm, I don't think I would build a PC myself right now. I'd probably just buy one that's pre-built. One, because it's something that I can screw up and, and damage it. Yes. And it doesn't, there's no, it's not really extremely cost saving in the long run. It, it might be. I haven't looked into it because I haven't, um, haven't been on the market yet, but I don't know how honestly, much cost savings would be to build one myself. Honestly, I was, uh, I was literally just in the PC market. Like I said, I just bought a mm-hmm. brand new laptop with a Ryzen 9 6800 and a, or it might be a 6900. It's literally top of the line gaming laptop. Um, yeah. It is, I think the next one up might come with like an eight gigs car, it, or it might come with a, might come with a 10 gig card. Mine's got an eight gig, so it's mm-hmm. fine, but it's top of the line gaming laptop. But I was looking at pre-builds before that, but pricing it out, you might save a hundred bucks if you build it yourself, but it's not worth the having to install everything yourself and everything else. A pre-build, you can literally just plug in nowadays and hit the start button and go. It's real nice. That's been been my experience with it. I've... I I haven't built a computer, but like I've swapped parts out myself. Like I know how to like do some of the stuff with it. It's the full build that I would have like some concern with because I don't know quite enough to you know really do all of it myself and I am mm-hmm. concerned like it is it, it's computers it's easy to break something and mess it up mm-hmm. and I just don't want to run that risk because then it will become a problem see I just bought this laptop because I wanted something nice that I could play games on and everything but I've also mm-hmm. got a I've also got parts in the back room for a PC I've got everything but a graphics card and uh memory for it so as soon as i get and by memory i mean like uh like solid state drive um Mm. i think it's already got 16 gigs of ram it's a it's an older build it's like a uh fx 8350 or something it's an older processor but it should still be able to run most of the stuff that i want to run at a pre at a pretty decent rate so i shouldn't have any problems with it so i'm like two pieces away from building it but i'm just so scared to build the damn thing yeah it's just so easy to screw pieces up and break stuff and yeah i just i don't know it's like i said i I, i've swapped parts out myself 
and I, I feel comfortable doing that. Like I, I learned, I did a YouTube video, like you said before, mm-hmm. like I, I learned how to do it. I went to work. <laughs> I probably could have gotten in trouble for this. I went to work. And I was like, I'll try it out at work first and see if I can do it properly. <laughs> so I pulled parts from an unused computer at work and put them into my, my desktop at work. And I was like, Oh, it worked fine. Cool. I'll go home and do it on my actual computer now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I did. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, Which I mean, if it works, it works. It's not like you were messing anything up, though. It's it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I was like, whatever, and uh, so it it was fine. And so you know, I got home and did it myself. I was like, this is this is great. And uh, you know, I've, I was that like I, I learned how to do RAM when I was back in high school. I learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like add more, swap it out. Um, you know, just doing like the power supply and stuff. It's just some of the finicky things. I'm like, ah, I don't trust myself. I'm, I'm stupid enough. I'm smart enough to know that I'm too stupid to do this myself. Yeah. Did I plug in every single pin? Did I plug in every single connector? Are the CPU fans going to kick on? There are so many yeah. little adapters and everything that you got to put on that it it gets kind of it gets cumbersome when you when you start looking mm-hmm. at it in a macro scale. When you look at it in a micro scale, piece by piece, it's not as bad, I guess. But I'm real bad at looking yeah. things at a micro scale, so it's I'm only good at looking things at a macro scale. So I can take a whole car apart, but I can't put that whole car back together because I thought in the macro scale when it came to taking it apart. But you've got to think in the micro scale when it comes to putting it back together because you got to remember every single bolt and where every single bolt went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, mean, I learned how to do like uh, mountain bikes. Like my dad showed me how to, you know, build, we built them from scratch. You know, he, he used to, he, he was working in like marketing. He did a lot of like the uh, graphic design and stuff like that. And he said he got tired of that. He got, he had cancer, so he couldn't work. And while mm-hmm. he was, you know, dealing with this treatment and everything, the business he worked for went out of business. And so he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go back to school and get a different degree in geography. I forget Which what his actual awesome. degree is, but he does. He does like soil sampling and stuff like that now. Um, but uh, he uh, he was going to go back to school and do that. And then while he did that, he worked at like a bicycle shop. And uh, he'd come in and like when I'd go to visit him on the weekend, sometimes he'd be there. And uh, we'd go in and it, it just comes in like a essentially like a box that like a TV would come in nowadays, like the same sort of box, but it's a bicycle. Right. And we'd open it up, take all the yeah. parts out. He'd show me how to put the whole thing together. I'm like, cool. And now I know how to do that. And it's essentially just a non-motorized car, you know, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, I'm sure a lot of those skills are transferable to a, a vehicle. They are. It's just a they are. I've gotten into BMX bikes lately, and a lot of those skills are very transferable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's not overly complicated. And I think, like, it's one of those things that like you said where it's, people think it's extremely complicated when in reality it's just large scale. Like, it's not like it's a ton of, like, complicated parts. It's just, there's just, it's just a big item with the number of things going on inside it. If you break it down to its individual parts, it's not overly complicated. Exactly. It's a bunch of small pieces put together into one large piece. When if you break it down to the, each of the small pieces, which is where I'm bad at when it comes to putting things back together, because mm-hmm. I'm, I like taking things apart and don't ever think about where to put the bolts when I go to put it back together. Whereas if I thought in the micro scale and hadn't thought that process through and thought, Hey, mark these bolts out so that you know where they're going it'd be a lot easier to to put that into the micro scale and to actually put that back together it is it is surprisingly easy to work at a micro scale when you when you get used to focusing on one thing at a time 
and building PCs is yeah. definitely one of those things that you've got to be able to focus on one thing at a time, make sure that it's good, mm-hmm. and then move on to the next thing. I'm real bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously, like a mountain bike is not as complicated as a vehicle. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I do get that a vehicle is more complicated. You got the whole engine going on. You've got you know all the different things going on, but it, essentially, it's just more of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, like I, my my girlfriend, we're gonna buy her another. Uh, we're gonna buy her like more of a commuter bike. <laughs> Uh, and I'll, I'm think like, I was looking, you know, at getting her one. I was like, you know what? I might ask the, the shop if they can just get one for me and I'll build it myself with her and I'll show her how it works. And yeah. that way she knows how to repair it if something goes wrong. Um, there, unfortunately, never mind. I was going to say there might be one of these. I'll tell you what this auction website is and you can see if there's any places around you, but I don't think there is. Give me just a second. I got a cough. Oh shit. Okay. I'm good. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Okay, so I believe my my computer audio is still picking up everything because I definitely just saw that golf come through. That's um, oh, so good. That's why I edit the podcast. Um, no okay, so I'll sit a little bit closer to my computer and see if it sounds any better or see if it makes any difference. Then um, <coughs> I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, building the my building the bike with your girlfriend. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome, and I think it'd be something that would bring you guys closer together because then you could build it together and see all the pieces that go into it, and then and then what doesn't work, you can work out together. What does work, you can go. Oh yeah, we did it together. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea, and that's what uh, that's what my wife and I did with her bike. We together we got it. Uh, it was it needed tires, it needed inner tubes. We did it all together and got it put together, and now she's got a bike. Yeah, I think the process of doing that too helps explain the different processes going on. Like it, you understand, like oh, this is how the shifters work. This is you know how the you know the pedals interact with the chain, everything like that. And that way, if there is a problem, it's like, oh, I know what to look for. This is what it should look like if it's working correctly. Yeah. As opposed oh, this to what is what this is now. supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know yeah. how to fix it, essentially, because it's like, oh, well, I know how it should look and I know how to, the parts work together. So now I can take it apart and just put it back together, essentially, from scratch. And now I know how to fix it. And that's how I learned, yeah. you know, a lot of like with, with the bicycles in, in general was one, putting them together. But then, like I said, when we went out west, there was a... We were riding in, I think it was when we were in Fruta, Colorado, which is on the western side of, of Denver. You get outside the mountains and you go you're just outside of the, the Rockies, essentially. And uh, we're in the Moab Desert. I think it was considered the Moab Desert. Um, but uh, we get out there and we're riding on like these these hills and we're going along and my left pedal just snapped off my bike. I don't know what oh. happened. Well, in the middle of a ride. So my dad's like, all right, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to get the car and I'll meet you back here. Like just ride out to the road and I'll meet you there. I'm like, got it. And uh, we figured out we could, uh, we took it to this bike shop and, uh, you know, I figured out how to like fix the, the, the chain had popped off and everything through the, this process. So I fixed the chain, and everything, got my bike back to where I needed to get it so I could ride it back to, you know, the car. Obviously uh-huh. I have, I'm missing a pedal, which is a bit of a pain. <laughs> But we get to this bike shop then and they're like, yeah, what we'll do, we'll we'll pull out the the broken off, uh, you know, the, this, the part of the, the pedal that's still in the, you know, the uh, the bike and uh, the, the, the pedal arm. And we'll take that out and we'll actually take a piece of metal, like a metal ring. We'll melt it in there like they welded it in and they basically like re-drilled it. And then they were able to put the pet. They were able to fix the pedal and put it back in. I was like, mm-hmm. "That's pretty cool." 
it's just neat like seeing the different techniques that people use to that's to that's make actually, that I wouldn't the, have um, you mentioned that and that actually reminds me uh that's how one of my bmx bikes is they took the the like the hub for the pedal itself and welded yeah. it into place on the on the crank arm so that you yeah. can swap the pedals out but the pedal shouldn't snap off anymore so I'm guessing that was a problem that they were running into was that they were snapping pedals off. So they welded in thing. So they welded in bars so that mm-hmm. the pedals wouldn't snap off anymore. So it's definitely yeah. an issue yeah. that they run into in the BMX bike community as well. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like I didn't know how to, like I said, the, the actual like art, the, the arm of the, uh, the crank set was just broken. I was like, I don't know how they're going to fix this. And they just put it back together. It was good as new. And it's, I still have that bike it runs fine. It's awesome. Damn. Well, that's all you can ask for. I mean, that's yeah. that's a shop that knows what they're doing. That's one of the shops yeah. that that sees things the way that they should be done and does it the correct mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. And it was like I said, it, the whole thing—not just that, but like the bike and everything in general. Like that was a bike my dad got me. I think when I graduated high school, he's like, "Yeah, now we can go, you know, actually mountain biking together and stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, awesome." We built it together. You know, we fixed it together. Uh, you know, it's it was just a cool like bonding experience and that sort of thing and then, exactly like, working on working on his bike was interesting because he has his bike was made specifically for him by cannondale if you've heard of the brand uh, um he, uh, they were still based in the u.s at the time um and uh this was during his like his cancer treatments i think my stepmom had reached out to them and they're like yeah he can come down and he toured the facility and while he was there, you know, they had him pick out different parts and like, yeah, what would you like do? Like, what kind of parts do you like? And he like told him something like, all right, cool, come here. And like, they built the bike for him while he was there. That's uh, crazy. His, like actual specifications and stuff. He still has that bike. Um, but he also has like, like he, he's not beholden to one company in particular. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have like different parts for, you know, the bike and stuff that we just scrapped it together and like swapped the parts out and stuff. And like, that's been fun to like build stuff with him in that regard. Yeah, and I mean, to an extent, to an extent, you can only be so loyal to a company. Sometimes you just got to swap shit out, and it's just got to be, it's just got to be one of those things where you swap it out and make it work. Yeah, I mean, at a certain points, like what works best. Like you can't just like I, I again, I don't know enough about cars, but like, I think don't don't Porsche. Like I'm trying to think of the kit is called like like a Porsche motor works with the they use Porsche motors in a number of different vehicles. I think I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, VW. I don't think I they okay. use VW motors and a bunch of stuff. There, there was a, I forget, like I said, I forget what it's called. There was like a, a sports car kit that you could buy for like $30,000. And they're like, yeah, it, you know, this is the the kit, but you're going to want to buy a Porsche engine because it runs super well with this vehicle and it works super well with it. I don't remember what it was. Uh, uh, let me see if I can look it up real quick. It's been a while since I. Oh, the Boxster. Yeah, they use the engines out of Boxsters. Yes. Yeah, Boxsters they use the they use the engines out of for a bunch of different cars. Yeah, I oh man, I wish I could find I don't have it in front of me, but I wish I could find the actual kit I was uh I was looking at originally cuz I was like this is like $30,000 for like a sports car essentially where it's you build it yourself and everything. Um but they're like, yeah, use a use a Porsche engine in this, and it'll run super well. Um, uh, I'm gonna say it was probably uh, oh, damn, I can't remember what they're called. SSC. 
could be. Oh man, I want to say SSC. Hold on, let me look up SSC real quick, and we'll see here. Because um, SSC makes. Oh, that's just awesome. garbage. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, I'm not gonna find this now. I'm sure if I had enough time, I'd be able to find this. But yeah, it was literally like a, it was like thirty thousand dollars, and it was like it looked like a, a high end like supercar, but it was just you built it yourself, and uh, you know you put the Porsche engine in, and it it just looked really cool, and I was like that's neat. And I was like, I don't know how to build a vehicle. And this seems like a really bad investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to an extent, it's one of those things that like if you've got the if you've got the the skills for it, you can definitely do it. But man, you've definitely got to have the skills for it. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of fabrication skills that you've got to have. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I don't know. It, it's cool. I, I do like the idea of like custom building something myself. Like it just, I feel more connected to it. Like, Oh, I made this, you know, it, and I know the ins and outs of it. Like it's, it's a learning experience too. Or it's like, I, I built this. So I, if something goes wrong, I know how to fix it. Not like gaining that skill. It's the same thing with anything that we do, like with the brand, like learning how to do like the marketing side of things. It's like, Oh, I know how to do this now. This is going to tr- directly translate into something beneficial for me later in life. Um, yeah, exactly. And once you learn, um, once you learn how to do it and know how, know the complete ins and outs of it, it makes it a whole different ball game for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to look up. It's hard. I can't find anything on it. I know they used to have a Fiero based kit that you could buy too, that it was based mm-hmm. on a Fiero and you can turn a Fiero into a supercar. I don't, um, I'm not seeing the kit for 30 grand though. Um, but I know exactly, I know exactly one of the kits that you're talking about. They're a pretty popular kit that comes out every couple years where, mm-hmm. where it's, it'll be everything that you need to build it. All you've got to do is supply the drivetrain. So there are, there's a surprising amount of those out there, um, that they're cool. I don't know how you get parts for them though. Like, I don't know if you just contact yeah. the company and you're like, hey, I need a control arm, or if you can just go buy a control arm for a Honda Accord. I'm not sure on that part. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool to completely. But that being said, if you decide to restore a car, you're basically going through that mm-hmm. same process because you've got to tear every piece off piece by piece and decide what to do with it, whether you want to refinish it or whether it needs thrown away and you need to buy a new one. Then you have to pull all those pieces out of a different car or buy them and still re-put them in your car without breaking them. If you decide to mm-hmm. restore a car, that's also the same process, and I think you'd have just as much fun doing that. Mm. I'd say, if nothing yeah, else, uh, buy you a cheap car to try to restore. That I actually have considered doing something because like I've thought of in the past buying like literally like a junker car for like a couple hundred dollars that I could just beat the shit out of. One, it'll be fun to make videos out of it. Uh, and then two, it's like I can try and just fuck around with it and see if I can work on it and and do anything with it. Yeah, um, I've considered. Uh, don't go for anything MG. Don't go for anything like you know what I mean. Don't go for any of that crap because yeah. it's they're all. Oh, it's be literally turns. a car that I don't plan on driving on the road. It, uh, I, would, I would never actually put it on the road. Honestly, it's, honestly, go for like a mid '90s Civic, dude. 
Like mm-hmm. they're they're killer little cars. They're bulletproof. There's parts for them everywhere, and they're really hot on YouTube and everything right now. Like if you were mm-hmm. making videos of restoring one, it'd be really hot. Um, <clears throat> Mid ninety Civics are in right now. They are they yeah. are the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, and that's something they're, to look into after we move. <laughs> they're modern enough that you can get one for like a thousand bucks still for a cheap junker one. They're modern enough that you can get that you can get into it and still play with all the electronics of it and everything, but it's yeah. still mechanical enough that you're still gonna have to fix some shit on it and be like, okay, so what's this what's the mass airflow sensor not doing correctly? What's this temp sensor not doing? Um that's actually part of the fun that I have with nineties accords and I'm really stuck on nineties accords for that exact same reason is that, uh, there's always, they run forever, but there's always something that needs tinkering with. So there's always mm-hmm. something to play with, but if I don't feel like playing with it, I can just drive it like it is for a while. Like mine's got a slight miss in it that I've been trying to track down, but I can also still drive it like it is. So I'm just like, ah, fucking, it, it'll be fine. So <laughs> Yeah, mid '90s Accords and Civics right now are are kind of where it's at. If you want something that you can play with and also fix up, and they make a really nice product when they're done, they're really nice little cars. The Civics not so much. Civics are kind of ass, but they're they're nice looking. But the Accords have really nice interiors on them. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. Something looking like I said. I like I like the idea of like messing around with that when I have more space once we move, because then I can just Definitely have the chunker something. car. In like a, yeah. an extra like garage or something, and then just be like, yeah, hey, definitely something you got to do if you got if you've got space for it. Because I'll probably end up building like a workshop or something where I can just I can ha- put all of like my equipment and stuff in there, the bikes, everything, junk, a car, whatever. I can use that as like an extra like like an actual workshop for like a studio or something like that. Just have the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you'd have a lot of fun with that, honestly. Um, hold on, I'm getting. <laughs> I'm here. I don't want to talk to you. I'm busy. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that I think you'd have a lot of fun with, especially coming from computers and whatnot and, and tinkering with stuff I, here and there. I think you'd have a lot of fun if you just bought something that ran that was together and then you just slowly tinkered with it and made it better. I think you'd have a lot of fun with that. It's, yeah. it's a surprisingly uh, rewarding hobby when something runs like crap and then you make it run better and you're like, I think I know what I did there. And it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same as playing with bicycles or PCs. It's just as, it's just as rewarding. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I love the, uh, I, I love just tinkering with things and learning how it works. Uh, it's always worth a shot, man. You can always, you can always still find a random turd civic for like a thousand or 1500 bucks and play with it. Worst case scenario, yeah. you junk it and get your money back, or you sell it back and get your money back. It's mm-hmm. it's not something that you're ever going to make money with. You're going to put if you decide to restore it, you're going to put you know ten or fifteen thousand dollars into the Civic and make it a really nice Civic, and then it's still only going to be worth ten thousand dollars. So it's never going to mm-hmm. be something that you make money with, but it'll be something you have a lot a lot of fun with along the way, and you can learn a lot. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about cars is the fact that regardless of what your background is everybody has a mechanical sympathy and everybody has everybody has some sort of mechanical foresight that they that they don't realize 
and can yeah. use that potential. Like my wife knows nothing when it comes to do with cars or bikes or anything, but she helped me put her bike back together and get it running again. She helps me work on her car every time it needs worked on. She, mm-hmm. yeah. So everybody has that mechanical, that mechanical uh, drive, so to speak. It's just a matter of not everybody uses it for that. Some people use it for computers. Some people use it for this or that, but it's all still the same drive. Everybody still has the same drive. (laughs) Awesome. Anyway, we're uh, we're a little over two hours. We're at like two hours, man. Yeah, I don't know if you wanted to to wrap up. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrapped up? Um, Nothing else that I can think on, man. We talked about just about everything under the sun. Awesome. Why don't you tell people about where they can go to check out all your stuff too? Okay. I am on currently I'm on YouTube, Facebook, and Reddit as the Cincy Wood Podcast. And you can type in Cincy Wood Podcast, the Cincy Wood Podcast. Either way, it'll still bring you to me. Um, working on getting a Twitter put together, working on getting a website put together, but who knows when those will come because I am really lazy. So right now, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Reddit. Awesome. And uh, obviously the links will all be in the description. Uh, you can also go check out deadjusterproductions.live. I hope by the time this episode is out, I'll have the new website up and going. I'm not sure. I've been working a lot behind the scenes on that, but I've also been in the process of changing careers. So it's, uh, it's more focused on that, obviously. Uh, and you can check out our, our sponsors for uh, that we've had recently. G95 Apparel. Got fantastic uh, stuff going on there. It uh, uh, takes out all the... Uh, like elements in the air you know like uh, pollution and stuff like that so it helps you know filter that out while you're wearing it so it's better for you and Surfshark. so if you want to browse the internet without getting your data taken or if you want to get around the region locks on services like netflix hbo max things like that check out Surfshark. it's only like three bucks get a couple months free and you can share it with however many people you want they don't even care so check out g95 and apparel and Surfshark. links are in the description and uh thank you everyone for listening had a great time Very much appreciate it. We'll see you all next time. Bye.